Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money-saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Happy Friday Eve from the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It is great to have you with us for the next three hours. We're going to talk to Greg Amzinger at the bottom of this hour. The head coach of your St. Louis Battlehawks, Anthony Becht, will join us at 8 o'clock. And Jeremy Rutherford talking some blues hockey coming up at 9.15 today. Great to see you kids. How is everybody doing? Kerry walked in with sunglasses on, and it's not because you the future's so bright. Yeah, well, the, the, the pollen is really real and mm-hmm. so are so is allergy season and i'm so tired randy that when you said happy friday i said it's friday and then you said eve and then i got mm. so i got <laughs> can roll another it. day after today huh <laughs> yeah i, I feel the one. same way too allergies i think are kicking our butts a little bit yeah. over here because I, i've been walking stevie my dog outside mm-hmm. a lot and stevie nicks stevie nicks. stevie nicks a lot outside and i mean there is just so much pollen everywhere I just woke up this morning with runny nose, eyes are itchy. You know where when your nose is like so bothered by allergies that you just feel like the easiest solution would be ripping it off? Yeah. The nose? Yeah. 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 You know, you, I feel like everybody's had that feeling at some point. Some I really don't others. deal with allergies, Brooke. Oh, what? Randy. How do you not deal with God allergies? I don't know. What did your ancestors do to get you to this point? <laughs> I have no idea. I have what no idea. What immunity you. did you build? <laughs> you, you, that, is, that is a wonderful thing to yeah. to, to say. So yeah, because I, those of us that are uh, Randy, if you can look, you look at jealous. Me, yeah, yeah you looking at me right now. Yeah. This is not just sleepy. <laughs> this is like <laughs> my whole face is is my nose, and it's not even to the point where it's really bad yet. Ooh. It, it'll. Ooh. I used to get so one of the benefits of having allergies is like I couldn't cut grass growing up like I, I couldn't like I would I felt like I was gonna die like I literally would would feel like it's it's gonna end here so I, I was uh I was afforded the opportunity to not have to cut much cut much grass as a as a young lad uh because of my allergies but yeah I, I yeah now, still bad. now it's kind of come back to bite yeah, you, right yeah is this a no <laughs> grass person. still exists it, it does <laughs> I don't cut grass now I pay somebody to cut it but uh, you know it is what it is got the allergies yeah. hey can you guys do me a favor please Yes. When yes. I play this, can you? Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel <laughs> when you know? we're together. Yeah. 14 runs, kids. 14 runs yesterday. Seven the night before. I played this song and you guys laughed. Uh, he's just being sunshine lollipops. No, it's... No, I, I know Brooke wants to pull out a chainsaw. Yeah. Whack. It's just, it's a murder song. Yeah, and it depends on who you ask. Well, and, and yesterday, the Cardinals <laughs> murdered the Diamondbacks. Oh, they cut there the head you go. off the Walk snake. Right in that one. 
There we go. <laughs> and they actually got things going. You know, the Cardinals have a tendency now and then sometimes to allow a run in the first inning. Well, yesterday they scored one in the first inning. High fly ball, left center field. That ball is deep. That ball's going to get down. Edmund had to hold up. He's rounding third. Here he comes. The throw to the plate is way late. And the Cardinals with back-to-back doubles strike in the first. Then Dylan Carlson, we talked about this. Thank you for listening, Cardinals. He stole third, scored on an error to make it 2 that. How about that? that? Getting to third base. Anything can happen, right? Yep. Hey, Cardinals, we we know you're driving down to the ballpark, those of you that are in town, the analytics people. Thank you for listening, first of all. We We do appreciate it. it. And thanks for taking our advice. We just want to help you win. Mm -hmm. We want to make life better for you. Yep. Yeah, sunshine and lollipops for them. That's what what we're looking out for. I mean, this game yesterday, it makes sense because it seems like this team we knew going in is built for the offense to be able to bail out the starting pitching if needed. And before that first inning was out, our guy came through again. Yank, fair ball down the left field line. Here comes Arenado to score. Contreras on his way to second. Throw off target. It's three to nothing. Uh, yeah, Wilson Contreras, Albert Pujols, kind of like the same thing. Mm. Yeah, One and the same? Well, yeah, yeah one, they, they both hit the same. Okay. At least for the last three games. Hey, you like it, I love it, Randy. I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> you just squint your so, eyes. It's, yeah, just a little bit. So it's 3-0 Cardinals, but lo and behold, back comes Arizona, and we're, we're bumming because it's a 3-3 game. But we get to the bottom of the third inning, and there is, after their walker had sing, hit a sack fly to tie the game, our walker singled to break the tie. This one smoked to the center. That's down for a hit. O'Neill on his way to third will stop there. Contreras scores and Walker with an RBI single. That to go, J Dub four three. Good job. Yeah, he's, Good job. he's coming around. Yep. Yesterday we mentioned that heading into yesterday's game, Tommy Edmond had one hit with runners in scoring position this year, mm-hmm. hitting 063. He snapped that skid. Six hits for the Cardinals. High fly ball hit toward left. Gurriel going back at the track, at the wall. It's gone. Tommy would add a two-run triple. Dylan Carlson would add another RBI hit. And then, boy, this is bad for the Diamondbacks. We need to load the bases for this guy. Swing, drive, hammer deep right. That's a grand slam. That's Chip Carey with the call on Bally Sports. That was a Nolan Gorman grand slam, and the Cardinals win it by a score of 14 to 5. The starting pitching, again, was okay. Mm-hmm. Jake Woodford, five innings. He allowed four runs on seven hits. He walked one and struck out one, but with where the game was by the time he left, it was just fine. And then again, the bullpen. Just comes through with scoreless inning after scoreless inning. Thompson, Verhagen, and and uh, Hicks each with scoreless innings. Uh, Gio Cabrera, Genesis uh, Cabrera, allowed one run in his one inning of work, and the Cardinals roll 14-5. to five. You know what is a really good game plan is, one, have your offense, as you guys predicted, would have eight or more runs every single game. That's what you guys mm-hmm. wanted for this mm-hmm. season. Yep. And just make sure the other starting pitcher is really, really bad. That was tough to see just kind of Madison Bumgarner being yeah. a shell <sighs> of himself, yeah. right? Yeah, it's, it's a shame. And you know what? He he still thinks he's good, and that's a problem. It's he, He's get-off-my-lawn guy, bottom of the third. Yes. He throws a pitch that 
Contreras takes a mighty swing at and fouls straight back. And then Mad Bum started jawing at Contreras. Here's Ollie Marmol, the Cardinal manager, on that little exchange. Yeah, both those guys are extreme competitors. Bumgarner's had an unbelievable career because of how competitive he's, he is. We, we've seen him quite a bit over the years um, when he was in San Fran. So, yeah, um, credit to both those guys. They compete hard, and that's what it's about out there. So no issues with it. Here's Contreras on what happened with Mad Bum. Uh, I don't know. I think he did it. Uh, he didn't like the way I swung uh, at, the, at the fastball. I never look at him, back at him, or anything <laughs> like that. Uh, I think he didn't appreciate that. So I heard when I turned around, I knew he was saying something to me. So if he's getting mad about that, I mean, what can I say? I know it's, I know it's part of the game. Uh, if he says something to me, I will say something back. Um, it was like, for me, it's like my game right there. But uh, thankfully, I got on his mind. He, he, blew, he blew all the, in, in, that, in that inning. Yeah, I'd say he got in his mind. I mean, allowed, he allowed seven runs in three innings. Mm-hmm. And Mad Bum, his ERA is like over 10 now for yeah. the entire season. So I think it might be a little little easy to get in his, his head a little bit. But what I liked about that, and I, I don't want to do the constant comparisons to Yachty or Molina because they are two different people, but it was very Yachty-esque, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And if Yachty... I wonder if Contreras, and this is just because Yachty was around from 04 on, I wonder if a guy like Mad Bum would have jawed at a guy like Yachty, though. I think he would have. Do you? I think, you Especially know, if he's doing yeah. this bad. Yeah, when you are, the thing about getting older as a player, getting older in life, your mind still feels like you mm-hmm. can do certain things, and your body's like, Nah, no, no, right. you can't do that anymore. You're like, no, I can't. No, no, sir, ma'am, you cannot. And so Matt Bum is in the place where he's gotten older. He's he's done a fantastic job, but maybe his body just isn't responding in the way that, that it used to. And you can become a little bit frustrated when you're not uh, performing at the level that you're accustomed the to. The spirit is willing. By the way, did you guys see that Whitey was in the building for the game too? Did not, no. I, I don't know. I just like think that maybe maybe it's a good omen having him around. You can never go wrong when you have Whitey Herzog in the building. Last night, NBA, uh, uh, Matthew's Nuggets hammered the T-Wolves 122 to 113. So Matthew and Stan are both happy this morning because uh, Denver leads that series two games to nil. Uh, the, the Bucks without Giannis just rolled Miami. 138-122. What a disappointment the Heat are. And the Grizzlies without Ja... Took care of the Lakers 103 to 93. Street closed four of 14 from the floor. That's how I took. Uh, I just missed them. A lot of shots close to the rim. Normally, you know, make, go in, you know, flush it, get ready for Wednesday. Or whatever day we play Friday, Saturday. So this it pains me to to it pains me. It pain it's it's really disheartening. And I don't want to, you know, it's it's just a guy guys that are so talented that just are so flippant with mm-hmm. man. I just missed them, bro. You all are up one in Memphis versus a team that does not have their best player and two of their big men, and you all don't win the game. Come on, man. Because of you and Come LeBron on, was fine. Like, now they they were bad. The Lakers were bad. And by the way, give credit to. The, the Grizzlies, they were great. They had all five starters in double figures. They had a six-player in double figures. They played great defense, but I'll tell you what, you're, you're at the end of the day, if, if you have LeBron and AD, you're supposed to win that game. And LeBron did his thing. Xavier Tillman 
did his thing too. Yeah, to the tune of twenty-two points. Like it, it, it's you gotta you gotta win though. It, it's something about having that killer mindset, that killer instinct, and those are the reasons why I talk about Kobe and about Michael Jordan because that mindset mm-hmm. is what gets you championships. It's not well, we'll get them next time whenever we play. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when the next game is. I, I got better things yeah, to do. What you. are you doing? That is more important than this. Yeah. Not oh great. And we're going to talk about this later in the show, but if you didn't hear overnight, it was announced that the Oakland Athletics have agreed to buy land in Vegas, and they are on their way to Vegas. Rob Manfred is on board with the purchase of the land and the move. He's advocated for the move. So Major League Baseball, apparently, like the NBA and like the NFL, ready to vacate the city of Oakland. That's a, that's wow. disheartening. It is. For, for Oakland. I mean, you think about some cities. We've lost a lot of franchises, mm-hmm. right? Oakland has is is on their way. They've lost football. In five years. Yeah, football. Yeah, you, San Diego lost the Chargers. You got some, some cities that I think it hurts. Obviously, it hurts more when you lose multiple franchises in multiple sports. Like, it, it becomes a very difficult the Warriors leaving Oakland to go across the bridge to San Francisco is kind of like, nah, like the, the 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 rich keep getting richer yep. and the and the poor keep get, keep losing out on opportunities. It's really, I guess, what America, America. Well, and also it makes sense too that the A's were what their last in payroll too mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball this season. I mean, they just they really kind of gave up. It felt like too. Could you imagine being a player for that and what awful. that transition is like? Yeah, when. Matt Holiday came here. He got traded from Oakland to St. Louis, and he had one team on his no-trade list, and it was Oakland. He came from Oakland, so he knew. And there was one team, I think, Matt, you can call in, you know the number. Uh, I think there was one <laughs> one team on his no-trade list because he did not want to go back to Oakland. And Oakland used to have such – it used to be a great – Organization. Carry, I, I was telling Matthew. I loved yep. the Oakland A's. They were spectacular. When Dennis I, Eckersley, yep. Ricky Henderson, like all, those guys were like must see TV. Bash Brothers, Bad, yep. Mark McGuire, and, and and Jose Canseco. Those were it was must see TV. Was. Yep. They were electric, yep. and it it was it was. I don't know what happened. How it goes from my well, the stadium's horrible, and they never they never tried to get the stadium. Football playing and baseball playing, and you got turf on the dirt in the football field. Yeah, okay, yeah. There was a raccoon in the visitors' uh, broadcast room. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Earlier this week, and the Mets, the Mets yeah. were playing yeah. there, and the, the stadium the, is bad. The visiting uh, broadcasters had to leave their broadcast room to go yeah, to a different wanna, one because there was a raccoon. You don't want to, you don't want to deal with raccoons yeah. or or possums. No. And by the way, to uh, protect the Oakland A's fans, once this announcement was made, the mayor of Oakland immediately ceased negotiations with the A's on building a new stadium and said they never wanted to stay here anyway. Makes Not in sense. that ballpark. Makes sense. Yep. So, hey, <laughs> don't again, take accountability for anything. Yeah, that, their <laughs> owner legit. is one of the richest owners in baseball, and that's where their team is. Oh, so, man. again, you can complain all you want about our ownership here, but you're pretty lucky to have the ownership that you have with the DeWitt family here in St. Louis. Brooke, Carey, Randy, coming up sick of it on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Open 314-399-9646. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew. Time for Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. Guys, this didn't take long. 
I'm already sick of not being in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the greatest mm. event in sports. And I'm watching last night and seeing all the action and the drama. And the we're drama. not there. The drama. Yeah, I love the drama. <laughs> and and we're not there. And I want to be there. I'm sick of not being in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So, uh, Blues, uh-huh. you've already cost yourself uh, the use of a Blues bag, okay, by missing the playoffs. Uh, by one <laughs> golfer in the St. Louis metro area. You're probably not the only. Probably not. Uh, so let's get back in the playoffs so we can get that Blues bag out for next summer, okay? I, um, Randy, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, playoff hockey, hockey is something. It, it really is a different animal in comparison to all of the other sports. It feels different watching it, being being there, seeing it. It's so different from regular season and, and, and watching what they do. It, it just it ticks up a notch or two, a couple of notches, more than that. But it's it's fun to watch playoff hockey. It's fun to be exhausted walking out of a building or when you are done watching a game because your body's so tense and tight for the whole game. And many times when the Blues are playing and it's a close game, like I almost died in Game Seven against Dallas because I did not breathe. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Um, you shouldn't die though. No, right. I, I almost did. I didn't. Well, but then, yeah. thank you, Pat Maroon, for not allowing me to okay. die. Well, thank you, Pat Maroon. We all thank you <laughs> yeah, here yeah. from the opening drive. <laughs> we yeah. thank you for keeping Randy alive. Randy, I'm sick of uh, allergies. I'm, I'm, I'm sick. Of, and now we did get a couple of texts reminding us that it is 4:20. Um, oh. However, I, I didn't even I, think about that. I didn't uh, didn't put those two together. This is that this is the grass that's on the ground, not the other kind of grass. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm suffering from right now. My eyes are itching. They are watering. My nose hasn't begun to run just yet, but it, it's it's on its way. I'm I'm gonna try my best not to sniffle, snort, snot while on the air. But mm-hmm. if I take a few minutes and you all don't hear me for. Two to three minutes. It's because I'm I'm blowing my nose and my nose is itching. I'm sneezing. So uh, just don't worry. Don't fret. So you are not. You're allergic to grass, but you're not allergic to the Belliando spruce. I don't think so. If you wanted to partake of the brothel. If I were to be a part of that, I think I'd be okay. Yeah. So, And you know what? Uh, on, uh, on, on 420, uh, if you wanted to partake, and you can use it recreationally, you can use the, the crazy weed here in the in the state of Missouri now. So yeah, just uh, take, take advantage of the ability now to go out and legally purchase some of that Queen Anne's lace and uh, just enjoy your day. Although, Randy, Queen I have Anne's been... Nice. I have been I have been in a room where that's being partaken oh, of, yeah. and and one of my friends said, "I think you're allergic to it. You just keep sneezing." Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible that that that. that and then I, well, all you say is, "Aunt Mary, get out of here." <laughs> Did you ever have to go full Don, like potentially going full Donnie Edwards, where you had to wear the sleeves because of your uh, allergies are the actual like playing grass? It wasn't that bad. Okay. I, I mean, falling, I would get you know welts and stuff like that, but it was like. It didn't bother me. But I, I remember in Atlanta, I was telling Brooke earlier, Atlanta is probably the worst city that I've ever been in. You And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. You could literally, your car, when you walk outside in the morning, would be yellow. Really? Yes. It would be wow. yellow. And I remember I came into the training room one day, and I, was, I probably sneezed like 25 times in a row. And guys, I do this thing where, <laughs> where my ears are in his like, And one of the guys like, what the? And the trainer was like, yo, he's not exaggerating. He's got really bad allergies, and he's it's his first spring in Atlanta. It's yeah. his first spring. It was it. I thought I was dying. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. I went to the doctor. I'm like, I'm I'm something is wrong here. You. It wow. reminds me of remember that movie with Will Smith and Eva Mendes where he yes. had shellfish and then he like blew <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah. What was it? Was that Huck? H- uh, Hitch. Hitch. Yeah. Hitch. We're yep. Huck. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Something> like that. <laughs> like Huckleberry Finn. Oh, whatever. Okay. Um. 
Something I'm sick of, and I just thought about this during the break because we were discussing it. Did you guys see that CEO backlash of, it was a leaked Zoom call where she was telling her employees they were upset that they didn't get a bonus and she was getting on to them about it, basically just said in the video, think about what you're going to do if you don't get a bonus. You should be thinking about that. Well, come to find out she did take her own bonus reportedly, so, but she's telling her employees that they shouldn't worry about them not getting a bonus. I'm just, I get so sick of hearing those stories, especially in this time. Uh, I feel like a lot of us understand that everybody's kind of going through a little bit harder times. Like everything's expensive. Going to the grocery store, another thing that I'm sick of is everything is so freaking expensive mm-hmm. right now. And so every little extra dollar, I feel like counts. And to tell people, especially if they were expecting a bonus and then they don't get it. I've been through that situation before, and that's that is one of the worst feelings ever when you're expecting that little bit of extra income that you felt like you worked hard for as an employee, and then it doesn't happen. I think it's it's, it's one thing if you don't get the bonus as a as an employee, and your boss doesn't get an a, a bonus as well. I think we can all agree that okay, you know. Fair is fair. I understand. I, I can deal with But if you aren't getting a bonus, but your boss is taking a bonus to the tune of $5 million, because I think that's what she got, right? She it, said, it, leave Pity City. Yeah, leave her Pity City. <laughs> leave Pity City? You're putting me in Pity City, lady. You take a $5 million bonus and we don't get nothing? I, yeah, I, I think I would suggest if I were working for that company, I would be updating my resume and trying to find my way out as quickly as possible. Also, I as think, should everyone yeah, that works there. Also, there's a better way to probably handle mm-hmm. that as well, too. And that way that she handled it, I mean, telling people to leave Pity City is probably one of the worst things. Gas is expensive. Groceries are expensive. Everything is so freaking expensive right now. In 2021, CEOs were paid 399 times as much as the typical worker. The gap between CEOs and the, the, the oh worker is God. greater than it's ever been. And, and people wonder why there's so much, I feel like, tension and animosity in the workforce right now. Give her credit. She's only actually earning at 111 to 1 ratio. She was so made at, what, 18.3 or something? Yeah, she's only earning at 11 to 1, 111 to 1 ratio. So she's, you know, she's one of the really, one of those poor billionaires. She yeah. should, uh... Yeah. What, what do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Sick of it. Checking yourself out at every store. I just had a worker say, looks like you had a miss ring there, which I did not. And I replied, you know what fixes this? Not having six people invest watching their customers work. It makes me sweat because I know what they're talking about. There's, there's certain stores, too, where you know... I think it's like schnooks or something like that, where you put it on there and then you have to immediately bag it. And sometimes you do it like too quickly and then it like alerts, like put it back on the scanner. And you're yeah. like, oh my God, <laughs> it freaks me out. I love self-checkout so much. But when there's people watching you and there's like a long it's line a, of pressure. people, then you're like, oh my God, I've yeah. never scanned groceries before. Yeah. You it's, forget. It's pressure. And uh, like I can do, I, I get bananas, but I, I wouldn't want to get like seven different kinds of produce well, and, and figure out yep, the, and then the, punch the, it the all numbers. In. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of the way gas prices and food prices are not going down. It's getting out of hand. Thank you. I'm with you about that one, Brooke. It is what it is. What are we gonna do? Wholesale chicken apparently like went back to like its pre-COVID pricing. Mm-hmm. There's one thing you need to do is download the Six Rewards app. Save some money. I see you. Oh, there you wow. go, Randy. Hmm? I, I need to do that. 2% on every single purchase. Good job. I love that app so much, but here's the thing. I forgot my password, and so now my okay. points are just racking up, and I can't 
use them. They know if you go give your phone number at the at the checkout, they'll say how much do I have. That's what I I, I yeah. just got to go to. The thing is, I always do self checkout. I got to yeah. go to the actual. I got to go to the actual checkout link yeah. now. With the very friendly checkers at Chinook. Yeah, sick of it, me being antisocial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, there's multiple people that are antisocial. That's all right. That's fine. I'm sick of working a beer cart with a partner and having to split my tip money with them. Hey, it is, again, it is what it is. And you should be doing very well with the beer cart. So enjoy. Just enjoy yourself. Have fun. Don't. And you know what? If you want, one thing you can do is just kill the other, kill the partner. <laughs> the, uh, the, no. What happened? No, 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 what, no, no, what just no, happened no. here? No, I don't think that that's, uh, I think if you do that, you're not going to get any money because oh, you'll okay. be in prison. Oh, sorry about so that. So you yeah. shot, uh, don't I didn't, do I didn't that. think that went through. I, <laughs> sorry. <Literally>. Sorry, <laughs> You didn't think of the ramifications of murder. <laughs> you shouldn't do that. Just, okay, so yeah, don't do that. Sorry. Half is yeah. better than none. <laughs> Okay. I feel like Randy would have stomped on people oh my if goodness. they grabbed his ankle in basketball games. I'm just saying. Right, he's the Draymond Green of radio. <laughs> I'm just saying, he reacted very quickly and didn't really think about it. Yeah, you gotta look ahead. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> you gotta look ahead. Thank you, Randy. Coming up, Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Andy Carricker, and we go to the celebrity line now, and the great Greg Amzinger, a product of St. Louis and the Lindenwood University, joins us as he does every Thursday. You can uh, see Greg on MLB Tonight every night after every game. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Uh, not every Thursday, apparently. Um, yeah, I, you know, the, the feeling I have uh, right now, and I think only Randy can uh, understand this feeling, when you show up and you didn't do your homework, and uh, the, the, the teacher looks at you and you try not to make a lot of eye contact and you're sitting there and you know you didn't do your homework and you know it's going to be a really bad day and you're just like putting your head down and you're trying to survive. After blowing you guys off last week, I feel really guilty and I feel terrible and I clearly need an assistant. I need someone who tells me where to be. I'm not good at that. And it's just common sense stuff. That's the hardest part of television for me. Do you know what it is? What? It's getting to my production meeting on time. <laughs> That's the hardest part of television for me. Why am I this way? Well, uh, because you are a creative sort. You're left-handed. And th- th- this happens. It's, it's a very good excuse that I have put to use many a time, Greg. And I, I would suggest that you just go with it and see what they say. There's nothing. Well, uh, you, you aren't going to be wrong. Either way, you're not going to be wrong. You know, Randy's got a different tone when he snaps into the BS mode. Because you can clear, yeah. clearly hear he's had to use the BS mode of his voice numerous times to make excuses for his behavior. <laughs> Let me you don't really something. hear it all that much on the radio. 
But it's clearly in there when he needs it. Greg, let me tell you something. I never went into a class unprepared and coward and didn't make eye contact. I always said to the teacher, "Hey, how you doing this morning? Good to see you." <laughs> you were like, you were like Max Scherzer. Exactly. Don't clean the glove off. Okay. Exactly. And then you go back in the dugout. You put more stick to, sticky stuff on your glove, and you come right back out into the game. And you're like, "Go ahead, check me out. I dare you to throw me out." I, I, that, that was my question. What did you make of 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 Max Scherzer getting tossed and his reaction to that happening? Well, listen, everyone wants to defend Max Scherzer. If you love baseball, why wouldn't you want to defend Max Scherzer? On this show, he's from St. Louis. We should all defend St. Louis and Max Scherzer. But at the end of the day, when the umpires say it's the stickiest hand they have felt, (laughs) it's the stickiest hand they've ever felt. There's something to that. You just won an award, Max Scherzer. We either need to, like, get your sweat checked. Or we need to really understand that something was going on with you yesterday. So I'm sorry. If you have the stickiest man hand in all of baseball, then maybe we need to really address something because this is something to check for. Sticky hands. And you have the stickiest hand they've ever felt. When you listen to uh, Bellino, the umpire's description of it, it kind of grosses you out. I read the quote loud, uh, out loud on television last night. And like, <laughs> once we touched his hand, we our fingers couldn't wouldn't stop being sticky. <laughs> and I'm like, ew! <laughs> All the umpires, so I'm like hand sanitizer because that sounds like COVID 2.0. It's gross. Well, it's funny, Greg, because it's I think like. A few days ago or a week ago, he was literally on a podcast talking about how it's hard to tell the difference between rosin, how you can make it really sticky uh, compared to an illegal substance. You think he was just trying to cover his tracks a little bit? I think they're all trying to get an edge. And he was pitching against his old team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. He really wanted to perform well. He came in with an ERA over four. And my biggest gripe with this, okay, and, and I argue with Dan Plesak, pitched in the big leagues for 18 years. He's like, look, the number one thing pitchers want is a good grip. And these baseballs today, they're not rubbed up like they used to be rubbed up. Uh, they come in very slick. And he's like, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something, Greg. Every hitter, they want me to have perfect grip for that baseball because if i don't i go let wait let me cut you off i know this is gonna end you're gonna hit me in the head that's the only outcome of this if you have perfect grip i get hit in the head that's the only thing that happens it's not a ball four you're erratic around the plate it's not a hanging slider right it's not like you hang a slider when you don't have perfect grip and i can hit a home run no the only outcome apparently if a pitcher has bad grip is hitting the hitter in the head which to me is complete BS. Max Scherzer wanted the psychological confidence of having pinpoint command with his pitches. And after the game, a reporter asked him, hey, you know, um, your spin rate really didn't go up at all, and your velocity was up just 1.4 miles per hour. And he goes, thank you. Exactly. I got no competitive edge. That's complete BS. It's his confidence to have that baseball in his hand and throw a two-seam fastball that starts at the hip of Max Muncie and then just slides to the right and catches the inside part of the plate. If he has that much confidence to throw that pitch because his confidence, his grip is so immense, to me, I don't need the numbers and the data to, to, to tell me whether or not he had an advantage. 
confidence is an advantage, and he had it in that game. He was cruising through three innings. So I, I disagree that the only outcome of sticky substance is a guy getting hit in the head. That just makes no sense to me. Well, he did swear on his kid's life, Greg, so that's pretty serious. <laughs> but I have another question for you. We we had Wednesdays with Wayno obviously going on yesterday, and Wainwright talked about that with the rule changes, he feels like the game is going too fast. What do you think? We're a few weeks in now. What do you think of how the rules are going? Is there anything that you think you would change or something that you're hearing around the league? Uh, Alex Avila, uh, I was on TV with him last night. His father was a longtime GM of the Detroit Tigers. And, and, and he said, I want, I want five more seconds added to all situations. So with no one on base, I want it to be 20 seconds. Uh, when there's someone on base, I want it to be 23. He was, I just feel like as I watch the, the, the ebbs and flows of the game, when there's no one on base, third inning of a scoreless game, it's not going the speed it should be going. It needs to slow down just a hair. And I, I kind of looked at him and I go, we're not really worried about you. <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not really worried about me. We're not really worried about anybody that's got a, a job right now that, or is old enough to drive. We want young people to watch baseball. We want young people to play baseball. We want them to sit and, and be excited that the game's on television or on their iPad or on their phone. We want it moving at a speed that is conducive to the future of the game. No offense, Adam Wainwright. I, I adore the man. But we all have to get on board. This is a rule that as o- older people that love baseball, we all have to enjoy it. We all have to get on it. reminds me of my first job in Terre Haute, Indiana. And my news director was a woman that didn't like sports. Her name was Jeannie Garner. And what she told me was, and she had a terrific career. I guess I'm calling her out a little bit. She actually worked in St. Louis for a while. And she knows our holiday. I'll say that. Anyway. What she told me was, I want a human interest story out of you every single day in the 6 o'clock sportscast. I'm like, well, that's, that sounds kind of hard to do. She's like, or you're not going to have three minutes of sports. You've got to give me a human interest feature. I'm like, I just think people in the, in the market, they, they kind of want sports. And she's like, this is how people in sports work, okay? They're going to watch anyway. Mm. They're watching anyway. You have to get the 80% of people who don't watch sports to watch your sportscast. And that, like, stuck with me. And it's always stuck with me throughout my entire career. So when you watch MLB Tonight, I envision a married couple sitting on the couch and the husband's watching MLB Tonight again. And his wife's like, do we really have to watch baseball all day long? And then she hears me and please say goofing off. And maybe she's like, well, these guys to herself, these guys are kind of funny. I'll just sit here quietly and let my husband enjoy this baseball game. I'm trying to cater to the 80% that isn't fixated with baseball. And these rule changes, we're, we're catering the sport to the people that don't love it yet, the people that aren't obsessed with it yet, and we're trying to bring in new fans. If you're already hooked, let's all go to Starbucks together. we got a caffeine problem. But we're trying to get other people in line at Starbucks. That's the key of these rule changes, and I, I think we're all eventually going to get used to it. Greg, if you're one of those fans from my generation, you remember the Oakland A's of the early 70s with Reggie Jackson and Sal Bando and Catfish Hunter and Vita Blue. If you're one of those fans from the 80s, you remember Dave Stewart and Ricky Henderson and Dave Henderson and the the, the uh, Bash Brothers. If you're from a decade after that, you remember the advent of Moneyball and Billy Bean. Boy, with the apparent move of the Athletics to Vegas, and I'm not begrudging them. I think that they need to get out of Oakland because they aren't getting any benefit. But at the same time, it really is tearing out a big page 
or a chapter or several chapters of the history of the game. It, it is, um, but I embrace change. I love the idea that there will be a state-of-the-art ballpark that maybe there'll be more than 3,000 fans in the stadium. Uh, last week, uh, Kodai Senga had a, a fan. Kodai Senga is the new pitcher uh, of the New York Mets, and he had a fan in the stands in Oakland uh, who was putting up ghost signs for every strike. because He's got a ghost forkball. It's like an invisible pitch, right? And every time he got a strikeout, his favorite fan, number one fan, was putting up ghost signs. And the Oakland A's security came up and they tossed him and two of his friends out of the game. Like, they tossed him out of the game for, for doing that. They tossed out, like, 28% of the attendance for that game. <laughs> and they tossed him out of the game. <laughs> it is such an, an eyesore that one of the 30 major league teams, A, has a roster that looks like the Oakland A's, has a ballpark that is falling apart when their their brother, I guess, or sister, you could say, the San Francisco Giants, is right across the bay selling out, unbelievable ballpark, crown jewel in the sport. It makes absolutely no sense. They're not going to put a competitive product on the field until they get a new ballpark. So this is where we are. And it just it didn't work out. It ran its course. And I am thrilled to wake up this morning to hear that Las Vegas is going to be a new market in our sport. Absolutely thrilled to have fans who are clearly ready to support professional sports. When LeBron James says he wants to own an NBA team mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, you know there's something to it. Uh, I just, we're, getting, we're getting closer to where I personally want to be, which is 32 teams in Major League Baseball and all 32 markets really supporting the product. Right now, we have with this news, we're going to have 29 markets supporting the product. We've got one more left to address. And to me, the Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball. I said it before the season started that they're going to win the World Series. They'll never draw 20,000 fans until the postseason. And that's a problem, too. And, Greg, to hit on Oakland, if, if you lose three franchises in five years, the Raiders going to Vegas, the Warriors going over the Bay to San Francisco, and now the A's, if, if you lose three in five years, that's not a team's problem. That's a you problem. That's a you problem in Oakland. And I'm with you. I, do, I don't blame the teams for leaving at all because Oakland certainly isn't showing the desire that St. Louis and Missouri showed to try to keep the Rams in St. Louis. 100%. It's a completely different situation, but I, I will say, and we saw the Rams kind of fall off a cliff in terms of performance uh, towards the end, we haven't seen anything like what we've seen with the Oakland A's. I mean, the Oakland A's have not had a competitive product in years, and, and if Matt Chapman got good, you had to trade him. If Matt, Ol- Matt Olson got good, that means you got to trade him. When Sean Murphy is what, a sophomore in Major League Baseball, and you're going to have to trade him too because arbitration's going to kill you. I mean, it, 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 it's a problem where Greg Amsinger would be the third highest paid player right now on the Oakland A's. That, that's a, <laughs> that is a problem. Their highest paid player is a reliever. It's not even their closer. Like it, it's just a journeyman reliever. That's not the way the game was constructed to be. So uh, brighter days ahead and the Las Vegas athletics, I'm all in. I'm going to go buy a T-shirt. 
Hey, Greg, one uh, one pro tip from a veteran for you. When you, you don't show up the week before and we say you're with us every Thursday, all you have to do is say, hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> you don't have to bring it up. <laughs> I know. I just feel guilty sometimes. I used to behave that way. I, I really did. And uh, matter of fact, I'll share one more story. We had a great chemistry teacher. He loved chemistry. His name was Mr. Randolph at St. Charles High. He loved chemistry like I love baseball. But I love I love chemistry as, like, as much as I love changing my cat's kitty litter. Okay, I hated it. And I found, I did the math, and this is something that Randy probably did when he was in high school. On the final, I figured out that all I needed was a 52% to get to get a D on the final. I needed 52%. Oh, kids, kids, kids do listening. not listen to Uncle Greg right now. Stop so listening. I realized that it was a scantron for multiple choice. I realized that if I put C for every question... They say it would be fifty four percent of all of all questions is, is a C. So I think it's a two hour window to take this test. I wrote C and I was done in like forty five seconds. I filled in C on every single question. I turned it in and, and Mr. Randolph, I don't even think Mr. Randolph's with us anymore. He was a very short little man, bald, and you could see the veins popping out of his head, right? And he's like, Get out of my classroom. I'm like, I'm sorry, but okay, I'll see you later. And I got a fifty six percent and I got the D that I needed. But oh looking God. back, looking back, I am ashamed. I am ashamed as I just like I was ashamed no. that I missed your show last you week. You should be so. proud. Greg, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And 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 Carrie and Brooke are infuriated with me because I, I made the point and it's completely accurate. And it's not hard for us because we're passionate about baseball. But I, I said in in life, never give a hundred percent because then your superiors will accept expect it. So I don't. Um, I, I didn't in school. And, and and these guys think, oh, that's a bad idea. And I say, no, it's a great idea. Kids are on their way to school. I just want you all to know that. I know. The kids are driving to school right now. They just, great hamster. I can't watch them tonight anymore. My parents won't let me. I just lost viewers in St. Louis. I know I did. No, the, the takeaway from this kids conversation is C. <laughs> oh, uh, Randy, uh, we, we need the rest of you. I'm sorry, Randy and I are bad influences. Um, I don't know how we became successful in life. It was all purely accidental. But we need the rest of you to, to clean our mess up on this show. Please clean up our mess. You're the best. Thank you, man. It, it's great to watch every night. How are you doing without Harold there? I know it's different. I, I was watching both shows yesterday, and it is. It's different. How is it for you without Harold on the late you know, night show? The hardest thing, the hardest thing for me to get used to is speaking without being interrupted. That is really. <laughs> wildly uncomfortable like i'm waiting like i'm like i'm flinching like someone's got to start i actually told dan please i get a commercial like can you start talking over me like i don't like finishing all my things (laughs) that's the number one artist thing is that aspect of the show but i dearly love harold and he's doing a great job in the early mlb tonight and so far, so good, man. I think the show's been great. And uh, if we can spread the wealth on the network, it's good for everybody. Absolutely. And you have a great product. Greg, thanks so much. Good to talk to you. We will do so again soon. All right. Take care, guys. See you, brother. That is uh, Greg Amzinger, MLB Network. I'm glad that somebody is, hey, just get a D. Just get a Not D. That'll ready. get you to graduate. I will say this. I will, I will say this because I, I, I wasn't a, a I, 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 school was school. It, it was a necessity. Well, I wasn't a, a fan of it. So when I took the ACT, I, I took it four times. I was trying to get a 20. I wanted to go to Northwestern. I got two 16s and two 18s. The last time I took it, 
I just said, you know, whatever. And I just filled out the answers and I went to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the lady tapped me. I said, sir, you, you, you're, you're snoring. You're interrupting the rest <laughs> of Huh? Oh, okay. Huh. I just, you know, sometimes you just get it done, get it over with, and go about your day. And, and I did have a class. This is no lie either. <laughs> I, I forget what class it was in college. I answered the—I wrote my name on the test, and I just turned it in. I said, I, I'm wow. not going to waste my time. I don't know <laughs> any of this. And it wasn't multiple choice, so it's not no point in me wasting my time. Proud of you. Yeah. You know what? You know what I learned today listening to you and Greg talk is that if you set the bar really low, set it really low, like with grades or something like that, everything you do past that point, you are just surpassing expectations. I'm sure there's people who went to school with you that listen like, oh my gosh, Randy just... Look at what he's done now. You know, I mean, he didn't do that well at school, but I mean, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you said it so low that everything else is—it's not just like a. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, it's like wow, you really surpass expectations. A recent meme in my generation has been like, "Where's the gifted kids now?" And it's Mm -hmm. and and, you know, it's they're not doing great. It's it's getting the tables have turned. Here's the thing. I'll bet you, if you ask people, because I, I was kind of a quiet sort, I'll bet you if, if you ask Parkway North class of 80 people, text in if you are one, they probably thought I was smart because I really? just didn't, I didn't say anything. Because you, 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 you gave off that aura, you know, yeah. that, that aura yeah, that you were yeah. an intelligent, but, but you know, you knew how to, you were intelligent in other aspects, maybe not in, 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 in books or taking tests, but your intelligence was able to maneuver in a world where you could uh, make things happen in the way that you did. Dennis Lane, my favorite teacher from high school, at, at, after my senior year, uh, I had had success in a, in a marketing thing. I won a national award. And I finally asked him, because I never worked at it, I said, why am I doing this? And he said, Randy, it's the reason you're going to succeed in life, because you have a great line of BS. <laughs> you know what? I can't disagree. <laughs> he wasn't wrong. That's a good <laughs> Coming up, it's Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Text lines open. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. On 101 ESPN, Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew, and it is 420, we should point out. And uh, I know that some people this afternoon, maybe this morning, uh, this afternoon at 420, are going to partake of the African woodbine. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll puff the magic dragon a little bit. Uh, they'll, they'll just blow some smoke. Uh, take it or leave it, because of the legalized recreational use of this on 420, uh, you are okay with somebody utilizing some broccolo this afternoon. Oh, I'll take it. It's legal. Yeah. Should have been legal. Have a, have, just have a brew. In the house. Yeah. You know, don't do not do it and drive. It's still, you're still under the influence. But uh, Right. Right. You know. Le'Veon Bell. In the in, in home. <laughs> I wasn't in under the influence. I was just smoking <laughs> weed. Yeah, not very intelligent. <laughs> That's amazing. That is, that is absolutely amazing. That, that would come out of someone's mouth. Randy, we were watching uh, Dylan Brooks and, and LeBron going back and forth at it. Uh, take it or leave it. Dylan Brooks is actually a better heel 
than one Draymond Green. I will take that. Yes. <laughs> they are like battling for for villains uh, of the NBA, yep. and and Dylan might actually. Yeah. He 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 I, called he, him old. He called he LeBron. Said, he said, I don't LeBron he's old. He's old. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, that I and he and he had one statement, one quote where he says. I poke bears. Yeah, no wonder you yeah. like him, Carrie. I love that. No that. Like That's a heel. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it that wouldn't do the jersey swap with him? Kyrie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, I'm good. Like, he's like, no, I'm good. I don't need your jersey. <laughs> put that in my wall. <laughs> I'm also going to take that LeBron's going to have a great game after that. Yeah. Um, anyways, all right, take it or leave it. So I kind of changed my mind on this with the whole Mad Max situation after hearing Greg talk about the quotes afterwards of because I didn't see that part I just saw that it happened I didn't follow up with the rest of the story um take it or leave it there was some illegal sticky stuff on Max Scherzer's oh, hand 100% take I'll it, take yeah. it well and also did you guys I didn't even realize somebody pointed this out in the video we have the sponsor patches now so it was like that whole video where he's like getting into it with the umps there's like a nice big sponsored patch really? <laughs> inside of the camera I don't know. I just thought that was funny because it's just you see that now. It's like I wonder what they what the sponsors think when it's front <laughs> and center like in a negative yeah. way. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. All right, Matthew, you got a couple. Take it or leave it. Today is Tim Lincecum's favorite holiday. I'll take that. Yeah. Oh. Let Ricky Timmy smoke. Ricky Williams. Ricky yeah. as well. Yeah, he, I like love Ricky. that. Uh, Eugene Monroe also a big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it or leave it. Cardinals scored fourteen yesterday. Means they're going to average two runs over the weekend. I'll leave that I'm gonna negative, leave that. Nancy. Yeah, come on now. Let's be positive here. Sunshine lollipops, okay? Speaking of sunshine lollipops, Randy, take it or leave it. This time next year, the Blues are up two to nothing in their play against their playoff opponent. Hundred percent, take it. Hundred percent. Okay. They're going to be in the playoffs. Playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're going to be in the playoffs. Yep. Just want to win a game. By the way, the uh, back page of the New York Post this morning is it's a stick up with the quote from Scherzer. I'd have to be an absolute idiot to do anything like that. Someone said he he no one lies when they uh swear on, swear their, on their kids. I said you don't know many liars, yeah, do you? No. Come on now. <laughs> that is a ter- you don't have to go that far though. So I think you, you yeah, just say I swear you, on you, my own life. If you are a liar, there is no no limitation to how far you'll go. Okay, let's go into the weeds just a bit here. Somebody says I swear on my mother's grave. What the hell difference does that make? Your mother's <laughs> grave, she's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what's going to happen? Something's going to happen to the grave? Uh, Big deal. That's I'm very telling you, true. liars have no no bounds. Yeah. They, they will go as far as they can. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up next, the Battlehawks battling for playoff position this weekend in the finale of the regular season. Their head coach, Anthony Beck, joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. The uh, St. Louis Battlehawks angling for playoff position this weekend as they take on the Orlando Guardians over at the Dome. The Battlehawks 6-3. and three. Orlando is 1-8. and eight, And St. Louis beat Orlando in the first meeting by a score of 29-9. Joining us now on the Celebrity Line is the head coach of your St. Louis Battlehawks, Anthony Becht. Coach, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? Everything's good, and I know that your focus for the team, I assume at least this week, is, hey, just put your head down and get a W. Yeah, that's it. You know, listen, uh, you know, I think we're all disappointed about last week's game. You know, kind of uh, all phases really did not step up and play well. 
but we've been very resilient on after losses. Um, you know, this team wants to bounce back. They want to right the wrongs, and I'm excited. This is a huge opportunity for us again this week. Uh, plus, we want to give appreciation back to our fans in St. Louis. They've done a great job. We've been able to provide them with an exciting season, and we want to cap it off and 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 put our chances out there and and see if we can get in at seven and three with a W this week. Coach, good, oh, sorry. <laughs> Coach, good morning. Uh, I was wondering, when you're looking at your, your offense, are there any things that you would like to see, uh, you know, you all do a little bit better, maybe taking care of the football, running it a little bit better? Are those some of the things that, that when you watch the film, you, you think that you all could do better in, in order to help you win some games or win this game? No question, game? all aspects. I mean, we never want to turn the ball over. We've been really good at that, you know, early in the season uh, as we rolled into the end. You know, that's vital, right? I mean, these are huge games. Um, you know, it was kind of back and forth with some of those turnovers. We took advantage of some of them. We give them right back. And, you know, we just, it just kind of wasn't our day. Tackling has to be better care. I mean, you know, I've seen some games where we've just been on point across the board. And then you look at that and you're thinking, how, you know, how do you come out and, and put a performance where you're not tackling well? I mean, that's, that's a one, two thing. And, you know, guys want to do it. No one ever wants to miss tackles. And, you know, it's hard to work on those things late in the season too. You're trying to protect guys' bodies, get them healthy for the games you know, have them have that energy and juice that they need to prepare to play. But, you know, I, I expect the guys to bounce back this week. That's uh, a good Orlando team. They're much improved. They've gotten better uh, from the beginning of the season. You know, T-Buck does a great job with them. And, you know, he, he has them fighting at the end of the season. And I think, you know, when you look at the big picture, uh, even just the team, players in general know this is the last game for them to put something on their resume. And, um, you know, I think w- when you look at that, the guys that want to take those next steps, they got to continue to put – great tape on there and you're only as good as your last game and when folks are looking at your film they're going to look at the last game the game before that so they want to end up on a good note both teams do but you know, more importantly for us as a team for us to move on is an important game well and it's very confusing too trying to understand and grasp how this whole playoff system works in the xfl if you could just kind of explain that the different scenarios and also how is your team approaching this as well too because i saw your quote after the game where you said well it's up to the football gods now <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I went to the Harvard of the Mid-Atlantic at West Virginia, so my math skills are about as good as they're going to get. All I know is this. we got to score points, and we can't give up a lot of points. Okay. And most importantly, Brooke, we have to win the game. So, you know, there's a lot of other scenarios that, you know, where those points change depending on, you know, what Vegas does and how many points they score. And, and, and Houston, Arlington, I, I saw some, you know, there's conspiracy theorists out there with YouTube's about, you know, uh, it's not, you know, you don't have to necessarily outscore them by 20 or 19 points. <laughs> so I think for us, it's just, listen, you know, we're going to play as good a defense as we can. We're going to try to take advantage of any mistakes or possible mistakes that Orlando may make. And then we got to minimize our side from a mistake standpoint and stay within ourselves. You know, we're going to try to, we always go into with a game trying to score as many games as possible and hold the opponents to no points. But, you know, look, Teams are better. Teams are going to score. We just got to keep it to a minimum and and win the football game. And at that point, you know, let's just sit back and and watch the game like everybody else will. You know, Seattle plays Vegas the last game of the weekend. So, uh, you know, we won't really know the destiny till, till that final game's over. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just win. If we win the game, we've done them as best we can. And to be seven and three, quite frankly, and not make the playoffs, you know, it's a bit of a travesty. But, you know, these guys have worked hard and, that would be an excellent season either way. But the goal is to get to the show. Uh, Coach Anthony, uh, Anthony, A.J. McCarron didn't play a couple of weeks ago. He played last week. What is his, how is he feeling health-wise, and, and how is he looking going forward? Yeah, no, he, he's done well. I mean, uh, 
you know, I thought he came back. He was confident. There was no issue. I think it was more just mentally making sure that he felt good about what he was doing. And that's why, you know, quite frankly, I made the decision to hold him back in Vegas. You know, he wanted to play. Everybody knows. Uh, but for me, it's just what was best for the team. Obviously, it didn't work out for us as a team. And, uh, you know, that really had from the quarterback position. It's really everybody on the team just didn't live up to the expectation and, and play at the standard they normally play at. So, you know, we all have to get better offense, defense, special teams. We play all three phases. We'll be good. But A.J. is good to go. He's practiced every day. Uh, you know, he continues to get treatment, protect himself. And, uh, again, you know, every player is injured or has some type of soreness or pain throughout their body and they're fighting through what it is. But, you know, look, he's confident in what he's doing. And then that really is all that matter when you hit the football field and adrenaline and all those things get pumping in, you know, your body feels good for that two and a half hour window. So, uh, you know, it's before and after dealing with those things, but he's done a good job with it and he's confident, ready to go. Battlehawks head coach, Anthony Becht with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN Battlehawks and the uh, Orlando guardians at 11 o'clock this weekend over at the dome at America center tickets still available, by the way, you can get them, but just by going to XFL.com slash tickets and it should be great. It's a Saturday game, 11 o'clock at the dome. Okay, Anthony, I got to ask you, uh, I want to go back to the tiebreaker because if you guys score the, the way it's, pointed out to me, and you said there might be something different here, but if you score 19 more points in Orlando than Seattle scores against Vegas, if both teams win, then you still must rank first in total points. So it's all about points. So midway through the first quarter, you're fourth and five at the 22-yard line, a situation where ordinarily you might kick a field goal. Philosophically, do you change things because you feel like you need more points this weekend? Yeah, I think the, 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 the game will dictate you know, kind of how those decisions go. I mean, we're, we'll probably be more aggressive. You know, if you've watched most of our games, a lot of those fourth downs and shorts throughout, you know, passing the 50, we've gone for it. Mm-hmm. So we've tried to be aggressive all season and, uh, you know, we just got to convert. You know, I don't want to be in fourth down you know, situations too much. I'd like us for us to, to move the chains and, and get where we need to go. Uh, but, yeah, getting in the end zone is going to be a premium. And obviously the different extra points, you know, how many – how many points you can get after a score, those things as well. We got to convert on those plays and and uh, just do the best we can. And it'll be a challenge. You know, you're not just going to stand and line up and run through a team, but if we're clicking on all cylinders and we can get things rolling early, that can change, you know, some of the opportunities that we get and, and hopefully we can make the most of it. But uh, you're right. I mean, uh, you know, points are, are a premium this week and we're doing whatever we can uh, in, in a smart way uh, to help our team and not put our defense into uh, a constraint either because they have to hold them. To, to minimize their points as well. And coach, I wanted to ask you about some individuals just because of your observation training camp. You've seen them practice every day. You've seen how they performed in games. So you've seen every day and you played in the NFL. Your entire staff has. Are there a couple of guys that you look at on your team where you say that's an NFL player? He, he's a guy that's going to graduate to the NFL. No question. I, I mean, I think we have five guys that absolutely 100% you know, have a chance to make an NFL roster. I think we have up to 12 that should be in a training camp. You know, just it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, I just feel like with the numbers now in the league, uh, with the extended number in the with practice squad, you know, why not take these guys who have developed so well, especially on our team, and bring them in? They can help. It costs you nothing to bring them in a training camp and, you know, utilize them and see what they got and, let, and give them a chance. Why, why would you go out and take players that you don't know much about from a standpoint of, you know, at the college level that aren't getting drafted and taking those chances when you can bring in a guy that, that has recently put it on tape, you know, within the last couple months 
and bring them into your system, get them going, and then still get that skill set while it's you know at a professional level going against guys that, quite frankly, are better than the guys coming out right out of college that aren't being drafted. So, absolutely, I think we have a lot of those guys, and uh, I hope you know we can get more than that. And uh, it's just depending on what teams want and need. But for me, to get guys that are playing at a high level, we got about 16 or 17 guys we really think are playing at a good clip right now that have stayed healthy and 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 done the things properly to put themselves in a position to get another chance. And just getting into the training camp, think I think is is optimal and premium. Then even OTAs get them there early. I mean, again, it costs these guys nothing except you know about eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollars a week uh, from lifting and stuff. When you look at the big picture, is it worth the risk of taking a guy that really has been exciting in the league? And we have several of those guys. At Saturday, 11 a.m., the Battle Hawks have, I believe, and I think the numbers have shown that the best fans in all of the XFL. Why should fans feel that dome on Saturday? No, you know what? Look, people think I beg every week, but I just I want them to come out and enjoy. I mean, listen, it's an early game, uh, starts at eleven. So, quite frankly, you could be home at two thirty, which is Mm -hmm. you know almost like going to the movies, man. So you get a little good (laughs) football in there. You know, we we want to show appreciation to our fan base and play our very best in front of them. And uh, you know, we're obviously sick about last week. We always want to do our fans well. We provided them with you know six really good wins this season, home and away. And uh, we just want to cap the season off and finish the regular season in front of our fan base. It's our last one of the year. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to grow our fan base moving forward into 2024. But, yeah, if you're out there, you're looking for something to do. It's a great experience. The fans have been awesome. We love them. Our guys love them. We talk about it all the time in-house as well because it's such a great experience. And quite frankly, for the other teams that come in, even though it's a challenge for them because of the loudness of, of third downs and situations, they like playing in front of the fans as well. So it's really they've really been uh, kind of a cornerstone for the league. And uh, that's great, you know, for them to know that and, 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 and letting them know that we appreciate everything they've done. Coach, good luck this weekend. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get a W this weekend, and we'll talk to you before the playoffs. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Anthony. Anthony Beck, the head coach of your St. Louis Battlehawks, joining us here on 101 ESPN. By the way, go to xfl.com slash tickets or just go to xfl.com slash Battlehawks, and you've got a buy three, get one free offer oh. for tickets this weekend for the 11 o'clock Saturday morning game at the Dome. I, I That reminds me of, like, college football, just having, like, a – or, I mean, there's, there's a oh, lot of I times – Oh, I hated those 11 o'clock games. But then you get to, I feel like people now like to go brunch, and so you get some mimosas going, (laughs) you know, in that parking lot. Just take that energy right into the dome. As a player, I I mean, it just just (laughs) happened so. And I went to Illinois, Randy. We we had a lot of those. uh, When you were there, that might have been the number one party school in the country when you were there, too. We, now, Randy. You got after it, right? We did do that. (laughs) Shout out to the Forbes Punch. (laughs) Coming up next on 101 ESPN. What a difference a week makes for Wilson Contreras. We talked about him exactly one week ago. We're going to tell you what he's up to now here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. He unloads high in the air toward left. Long run for Gurriel. Track wall and gone above the bullpen. 
Driven toward right. That's well hit. That's near the pole. That ball is gone. Yank, fair ball down the left field line. Here comes Arenado to score. Contreras on his way to second. Chip Carey with some Wilson Contreras highlights on Valley Sports. It's interesting, guys. As we put together our show, we've, we've got a Google Doc, which tells us what we did in every show that we've done. And last week, one week ago today, we were wondering how Wilson Contreras was doing relative to Yadier Molina, whom he had replaced. And offensively, we were wondering if the Cardinals should drop him down in the lineup. Mm-hmm. But defensively, it was like, okay, well, we haven't really been affected. We haven't seen much effect. Since then... In 28 plate appearances, Contreras is at 391 with a 500 on base, an 826 slug, a 1.326 OPS, two homers, seven RBIs, along with four doubles. He has turned into the offensive juggernaut that the Cardinals expected when they signed him, (laughs) at least for the last week. And you'd expect that he's going to, after probably some trepidation early on in trying to live up to the contract, my expectation would be that he'll be a really good offensive player. Probably won't hit 391 for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. but... My guess is he'll probably be a good offensive player for the Cardinals because it looks to me just this is pure observation like he's kind of settled in. Yeah, you were one week ago the the 13th he was batting 195. He went 0 for 2 that day and then the next day that Friday is when he got that bloop single into right field and he kind of yep. like he kind of exasperated like oh finally mm-hmm. something is falling my way and as you said Randy in a week's time he's gone from batting 195 to 274 having a, a an ex, ex, extremely exciting week of baseball for him and doing the things that we thought he would be able to do and we hope it continues because we need that his passion behind the plate he has five uh caught stealing uh runners trying to catch trying to steal on him he's done a a a a fantastic job with his energy with his effort stole a base a couple of nights ago stuck his tongue out and and was showing really showing you know the passion that you need as an athlete playing a, a, a game, a professional game, but still playing it with childlike energy. Those are the things that you have fun, that you come to the ballpark to see. And and I'm I'm excited to watch him, you know, for the rest of the season. He's doing a great job. Well, and I was also wondering, too, if it's because they moved him up in the lineup the other day. But then yesterday he was back in that five hole spot. And I think that that's really telling, too, that he is just comfortable wherever he is right now. And he's in that back in that original spot where Ali Marmol and the Cardinals have wanted him. And he's still finding success. I think that says a lot, too. And when you are hitting in front of Nolan Arnato, it does change things. You're going to see more pitches. Now, Yachty had two magnificent offensive seasons with the Cardinals in 12 and 13. 2012, he was fourth in the MVP voting. 2013, he was third in the MVP voting. Those back-to-back years, OPSs of 874 and 836. But I would think that over the course of seasons, and especially over the course of four seasons, this is probably going to be the best offensive catcher that the Cardinals have had since Ted Simmons, who's in the Hall of Fame. Contreras probably is not a Hall of Famer. But my point is, is that while his defense probably will not measure up to what Yachty provided for a couple of decades, this guy has a chance to really make an impact on this team for the next four years. But that's exactly why you brought him in, right? Mm-hmm. Because you knew that, and nothing against Andrew Kisner, but I think we also see kind of 
his offensive numbers right now. He did get a hit yesterday, guys. So that's that's pretty big. Well, that's Andrew, pretty big for Andrew guy, Kisner. He's a really good guy. He's a really nice guy, but nice guys don't win games. <laughs> nice right? guys finish last. Is I don't that know. what you were going to say? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. like that's, a, that's what you're looking for. He is very, very nice. But what I'm getting at is I think the Cardinals <laughs> knew that he was not exactly ready yet to take over. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. He's uh, And also, he, he's you had Yvonne Herrera he's, he's was not completely ready. Yeah. He's 28 and he's not ready yet. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I am with you all. I, I am glad to see that he got Tell hit. Tell the guy. Yeah. Randy, Brooke, I, you know... Being a good guy in sports is like a the worst. It's like, oh, she's really smart. Don't say that. Not a compliment. Well, when we say they're really a good guy, at least we ain't got that going for us. <laughs> not a compliment. We don't want everybody to know. Okay, sorry. Read between uh, the lines. Alrighty, well, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we are... Hopefully, things are, are trending in the right direction. You got a bunch of runs last night, and, and hopefully they can carry that over and, and continue to play that way. Um, you know, we talked about the pitching starting to come together, um, the hitting, the timely hitting more so. They were 7 for 15 last night with runners in scoring position, which is vastly different from what they've been the, the night before they were two for nine. So when you get those timely hits and you get to score runs, obviously you're going to put yourself in a position to win those games. And this is a team that is, I think we can all agree, they're still growing. There's a lot of baseball maturation that needs to play, take place. But Dylan Carlson yesterday goes two for five with a couple of runs batted in. Uh, you get the the good work out of Nolan Gorman, who hit the grand slam, goes one for four with the four RBIs. Walker back on the beam, two for four with uh, three runs scored and an RBI. You're getting good work out of the kids, in addition to what you expect out of the veterans. And that's where the rubber is going to meet the road for the Cardinals. It's going to be how do Carlson, Gorman, Donovan, to an extent O'Neal and Jordan Walker perform. Can we talk about Gorman just a little bit and and really his maturation from last year to this year? He has solidified his role as the DH. Like I, I don't think we, we talked about everyday players and who's going to be where. We know uh, Nolan and, and Goldie, Go, Goldie and Arenado, they're going to be in the lineup. Wilson Contreras is going to be in the lineup. Is it safe to say that that Nolan Gorman is going to be in the lineup every single day now? He's got a one thousand plus OPS. Gary. So so yeah. we're not we're comfortable knowing that we got four of the nine every single day. I guess you could put Tommy Edmond in there yeah. because of his defense, um, and and he's he got a couple of hits yesterday. So you got five of the guys. It's starting it's to actually six, right? Jordan Walker. Yeah. So six of them. Yeah. And and we're still trying to figure out. The everyday second baseman with Brendan Donovan mm-hmm. being down and, and two of the outfield spots. Yeah. So this isn't it's, bad because it's, you got talent there. Yes. It's starting to to round out and, and I think you'll start to see those, I mean, at least three, four, five, six be the same. Three, four, five, six, and seven probably be the same guys every day. And I, I gotta throw this in there because you just listen to this show and you know what's going to happen, but 24 runs in the last three games. What's 24 divided by three kids? Eight. Thank you. It took me a while. Mm. Eight runs per it's, game. It's early. Mm-hmm. It's early, Randy. I'm just throwing it out there. We said it. So just listen, listen to what you, what you hear on the opening drive here. We, we, we know a thing or two about a thing or two.
That's exactly right. <laughs> we hope that's the case coming up next because we've got the fight. Do we need a fighter, Matthew? We've got a fighter. Fabulous. So oh, we'll good have a luck fighter, to you. which means we have a fight <laughs> next Sir. on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe. to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Tom. Tom, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, Kerry. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm I'm in here fighting with the microphone, so I, I'm trying to... <laughs> if, it, if you hear something just clunk down to the to the table, that's the microphone. Just hold on, and <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, but well, I'm doing well. Let's hope we both win our fight. Yeah, well, let's, <laughs> I, I do hope so. Are right, you ready to take on Randy? Yes, I am. All right, here we go. On this day in 2002, the Houston Texans made their first ever draft pick, selecting this player first overall. Is it Milford Brown, Andre Johnson, or David Carr? Um, I believe it was David Carr. Who is the youngest player to ever win an MVP award, doing so at the age of 21? Vita Blue. Stan Musial or Johnny Bench? Oh, boy. Um, I guess I'll go with Johnny Bench. On this day in 1997, the Cardinals were involved in the first ever Major League Baseball game to be played in Hawaii. Which NL West team did they beat in the day's doubleheader? Was it the San Francisco Giants, the Los Angeles Dodgers, or the San Diego Padres? Uh, boy, I don't remember that game. Um, I guess I'll just go with the Padres. Which National League center fielder holds the all-time record for gold gloves with 12? Is it Torrey Hunter, Willie Mays, or Andrew Jones? Did you say National League or yes. Major League? National League. Okay. Um, I'll go with Andrew Jones. Oh, we'll double check the score and bring in Randy Carricker. Tom, how you feeling? Uh, that wasn't my best performance. No? No. What 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 what, what went wrong in your mind? Uh boy. I yeah, they weren't the questions I expected. <laughs> you know, I don't think they ever are. I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that Rock has a, a a mind that goes in a different direction than most of our guests and Randy at times. And so our questions generally are are out, not off the wall, but they are they are Rock's own creation, and they are of a beautiful mind. See what well, I did there? No, I don't like it. <laughs> I know he. I know he tries to make it hard on Randy, so I guess by by default he makes it hard on us as well. He does. It, it, it is a tough task trying to figure out what Megamind won't know because he knows everything. Randy, say hello to Tom. Tom, good morning. How are you doing? Doing well, Randy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Rock didn't like my beautiful mind comment. No, I thought it was great. 
Yeah, that was a, it's the way he took it. I didn't mean it in any other way, but a, a wonderful mind. You see numbers and dots and lines and all of that. You're perfect. Mm-hmm. All right. On this day in 2002, the Houston Texans made their first ever draft pick, selecting this player first overall. Oh, man. Who was that? Mike Martz loved this guy. Yeah, loved him. David Carr. He would have been a really good quarterback. He is a really good guy, too. Yeah. Yes, I was in Miami for a short stint with him. He really, really yeah, nice Yeah, he uh, was put in a, a bad position yeah, being with really an expansion bad. team. And then they played him right away. Yep. It didn't, didn't work out and well. And you know what? I'm convinced to this day that if Tony Baselli would have been healthy, that David Carr's career would have been a lot better. Yes. They took Tony Baselli with the first pick in the expansion draft, and he had an injured shoulder. But obviously, he never played for the Texans and didn't make the Hall of Fame anyway. Hmm. Uh, David Carr, final answer. All right. Who is the youngest player to ever win a Major League Baseball MVP award, doing so at the age of 21? 21 year old MVP. I'm guessing that this player was probably a rookie. Um, guessing that. Uh, uh, you know what, Brooke? I, I uh, Brooke. I think I'll. Um... <laughs> Did you forget her name? No, I didn't. I said Brooke twice. <laughs> but you, you said did. it twice, Brooke. almost like yeah. Brooke. Like, no, I is that I'm the right thinking, name? I, I, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if I should roll the dice here, but yeah, I'm going to do the lifeline instead. I'm just going to do the okay. lifeline. Wow, I'm not. Ex- I wasn't expecting that for this baseball one. I Rocky is so proud of himself right exactly. now. I, He's tr- so I just proud told of himself. you. I'm, okay, I know what I'm talking about here. Your options are Vita Blue, Stan Musial, or Johnny Bench. I thought Stan Musial right off the bat. Johnny Bench came up at 20 and won the MVP in 1968, and it might be him. I'm going to go with Johnny Bench. Stan signed at 17, messed up his arm in the outfield, but he got to the big leagues very quick. Won the MVP, I think, in 1941. And he died in 2013 at the age of... I'm not even going to try to do the math. Hmm. I'll just go Johnny Bench. All right, you ready? Ready. On this day in 1997, the Cardinals were involved in the first ever Major League Baseball game to be played in Hawaii. Which Mm. NL West team did they beat in that day's doubleheader? I think it was the Padres. Go with the Padres. In Hawaii. Which National League center fielder holds the all-time record of gold gloves with 12? 12 gold gloves in center field for National Leaguers only. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a major league record. It just happens to be a guy who played the over, over, overwhelming majority of his career as in the National League. Okay. Overwhelming majority. That helps. Ooh. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I'm guessing it was somebody relatively recent. Eh, maybe not. Overwhelming majority. Well, Willie Mays didn't play throughout the Gold Glove era, so I'm gonna I'm gonna nix Willie here. Edmonds is certainly in the mix, but I think he only won eight. Uh, Andrew Jones, I don't think, got to 12. So let's just run through the team, shall we? Cards, Cubs, Reds. Griffey did play the majority, but not the overwhelming majority of his career in the National League. Cards, Cubs, Reds, Brewers, Pirates. I'm not Omar Moreno, I don't think. Uh, 
Dodgers. I don't think they've had that guy. Padres, Giants, definitely not the D-backs or the or the Rockies. So it's going to be somebody from the uh, from the East. It's going to be the Phillies, Nationals, Mets, Marlins, or Braves. Um. Hmm. This is a great question. I guess I'll go with um, Rocky. Is so happy. Cut save that. Cut it. Save it. Uh oh. But Rocky, um, people are saying you're dropping hints to Megamind now. Oh. Why else no. would I call the person a National League center fielder unless I'm trying to say no. it's a guy who played the overwhelming majority of his career in the National League? You know I'm him like as being the pot. You know That's him as a National League player. Come Rocky, on. you're giving Randy extra time. We're waiting on you, Mr. Oh. Character. Um, Stir that pot. Stir <laughs> that pot. I guess I will. Um, and Kurt Flood won a lot. Um, I, I'm I'm obviously missing somebody, so I will. Uh, I'll do Willie Mays because he played 24 years. This Ooh. was a nail biter, a teeth chatterer, if you will. <laughs> Was Tom able to leg one out over Randy Carricker? Or does Randy keep on rolling through? Ring that bell! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. I'm so and, sorry, Tom. And by the way, can we, uh, if we can make a point here to the textures that are complaining about him. Willie Mays played his entire career in the National League, not just the overwhelming majority. So his entire career in the National League. Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Um, let's go through those. Oh, Tom, I'm sorry. You you lost this one three to two. It was the very last question. Randy just legged out the victory over you. I'm sorry. Randy, they said you need a pitch clock. On this day in 2002, the (laughs) Texans. Or I need options, right? One or the other. If they they want it to go faster, it can go really fast with options. He's got to go through a lot of stuff in his brain. And you know what? When we started this thing back in the day, I did have options, and listeners didn't have a chance. So we we can can do one thing or the other. They don't have a chance now, sir. Just in (laughs) case you didn't know. David Carr was, in fact, the first ever draft pick for the Houston Texans franchise in 2002. Vita Blue is the youngest player to ever win an MVP. In 1971, he won the Cy Young and the MVP. Johnny Bench and Stan Musial both winning their MVPs in their age 22 seasons. On this day in 1997, the Cardinals were involved in the first ever MLB game to be played in Hawaii. It was against the San Diego Padres in their Paradise series over there in Hawaii. And it is, in fact, Willie Mays, despite the Gold Glove not being introduced until his sixth year in the majors, Willie Mays racked up 12 gold gloves with the Giants. He has the center field record in all of Major League Baseball. A 3-2 win for Randy Carricker. Tom, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thanks for letting me play, guys. Good job, Tom. Hey, Brooke. They got a chance. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Brooke. Hey, Brooke. It's so damn hot. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. If you want to throw down in fisticuffs, fine. I've got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary waiting for you, right? I'm kind of a big deal. Wow. You know, I, I said this to Ryder yesterday. I was like, oh, there we go. There we go.
We're still going. Can I get I am? There it is. Oh, there we I go. am number one. <laughs> hey, bro. I got the machine here. I got the machine. I, I, I noticed. I see the machine. And I said this to Ryder yesterday. You I said, are the machine, when Randy. Randy. When it's close, Randy likes to gloat. He doesn't want to make the person feel great about that they were close to Megamind with some of their answers. You just like to really rub it in. Actually, I was rubbing it into you when you were doing the stir that pot. Stir that I, pot. Just, I like the stirring of the I pot know you do. a little bit. Because uh, also, I was looking at mostly Rockio oh, oh. because he was he was squirming a little bit. Well, there. great questions. That, that was a that, good fight. See, rock, rock, save it, cut it. He was and so every time happy. I give you mess, play that. Great question. That's how you got to do. Yep. <laughs> I've I have been waiting for the right time to use that Vita Blue question for. What eight, better time? Eight, than, eight, eight, time. Eight what months, better time than when it finally better. popped in a good, good, good way? When the Oakland A's uh, leave, did we change our next segment? or Are we sticking with what we got? Oh no, we're rolling with that. Okay, we're rolling with that. It's a big game tonight. It He's is not going to be there. Okay, we've seen some guys with self-destructive behavior that has cost their teams. Draymond Green is one of those, but he's not the only one. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One word, uh, livid, and they were certainly didn't agree with the one-game suspension. I think they were surprised at it. Uh, no question about that. They certainly went through this in the finals with Cleveland losing Draymond Green for a game uh, in 2016. But they're going to have to live with it. Uh, he's, you know, appeals don't really. Uh, there's really nowhere to go with an appeal uh, in these situations. That is ESPN's Adrian Marjanowski talking about the suspension of Draymond Green for Game 3 between the Kings and the Warriors tonight. That game will be played, by the way, at the Chase Center in San Francisco. And as Woj mentioned, this is not the, not the first time that Draymond Green has been involved in shenanigans like this. He regularly gets teed up during the regular season. He did get suspended during the course of the finals against Cleveland several years ago. And... Because of his history, I don't blame the league for looking at his transgressions and saying, okay, you did this, there wasn't any, it didn't work as a deterrent, so we're going to have to do it again. And until you straighten out your act and don't start kicking and stomping people, we're going to have to keep doing this to you. And he is not the first guy to hurt his team with his transgressions, but it certainly is the biggest stage being in the NBA playoffs and being a team that should, by all accounts, be one of the favorites to go to the finals. Yeah, it was, um, you know, and I guess unfortunate would be the wrong word to use. It was a poor decision by Draymond to respond in that way. I, however, don't believe that he should have been suspended for one game. He was already kicked out of the game. It, You have to give, you have to put some of the onus on, on Sabonis for actually holding his foot. Draymond could have, I mean, he could have reacted differently. He could have tripped over him and fell to the ground. He could have gotten upset and and walked away, you know, fuming mad, and they could have replayed it at that point. He did step on him. Mm -hmm. He didn't bruise a sternum when he stepped on him. It was was essentially what you see in WWE, that type of stump, where the player or the actor responds in a manner, but it's not really as painful as, as one would think. And but if you're Draymond, you can't put yourself in that position. That's the key. And that's the that's the problem. Well, and that's what I was going to bring up is his history of that, too. We've seen that time and time again of his history of doing 
antics kind of similar to that. And also, you always talk about, too, I feel like with any sport, the kind of competitive edge. I mean, Wilson Contreras said last night he, you know, it's kind of a mind game getting in Mad Bum's head, right? Don't you think that some of those players know how easy it is to get into Draymond's head and kind of get him off his game, get him in trouble? Because, of course, they want a player of his caliber out. I don't think there's any doubt that... That's one of the things you're going to do. If it's kind of like uh, Bennington with Ryan Hartman, right? It's the, yes. the same sort of a situation. If you know you can get in the guy's head, you got to try to take advantage of that from a competitive standpoint. And by the way, we've we've seen it before, and it's not just behavior against opponents, but Fernando Tatis Jr. with mm-hmm. uh, a the riding the motorcycles, and then b uh, taking the the supplements. What did he say it was? It was for something. It was for, for was, ringworm, he said. Yes, ringworm. Was that what he said? Yes, yeah. he said that. It was, it was for ringworm. Yeah. And he gets suspended for 80 games, and he's out. Maybe not a more high-profile, self-destructive guy of recent vintage than Antonio Brown, right? Yeah. yeah that, was, that, was, uh, that was tough. He was, um, that was, that was a, again, poor decision by him impacting his career because he is— and, and I mean, it'll be hard for him because people have to actually vote, and you got to be liked to be voted. But he was on a Hall of Fame career track to, to to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Had he just not done some of the things that you've seen on Instagram Live, or you know that you've read about in terms mm-hmm. of his decision making, um, and yeah, it's unfortunate because he probably, and I'm sure, won't play again in the NFL. Well, and once you have one thing happen, I think you also have to be fully aware that the spotlight is a lot brighter and harsher on you. Every little move that you make, especially in Draymond's case, they're going to pick apart every little thing that you're doing, and they're going to be looking for that kind of stuff. That's why I was really surprised last year that the NHL didn't suspend Kadri, because he clearly was making an effort to make contact with the Blues goalie, which is against the rules. And this is a guy that had a history. He's been suspended in the playoffs before. He'd been suspended multiple times before. And I don't care if they say, well, he's trying to be better and he's been been better this season. His history was that he was a guy that inflicted pain and injury on other players. I said it before the series last year against Colorado. Keep your eyes open for Kadri because he tries to hurt guys. Mm -hmm. Then he hurts a guy and the league doesn't do anything about it. And that is... One of the reasons that the NHL is perceived the way it is because of their inconsistency in meeting out punishment for this, those sorts of indiscretions. Well, and there's, I feel like there's like a fine line too with some of these players that we're talking about of being self destructive where they are to the point where they just can't even like think of anything. They get that blind rage where the only thing that they can think about themselves and that's the only thing that they can see at that moment rather than the bigger picture of how this affects the team. Who is that linebacker that hit Antonio Brown? The guy from... Uh, Montez Burfitt. Yeah. They're, that's a blackout rage guy, right? And a dirty player, but... Yeah. I, here's... Uh, Randy, I've seen a lot of people get hit. That wasn't a, that wasn't a concussion type of... But he blow. did a... a Burfitt Bur- was Burfitt consistent. Did, yeah, he did a lot of things. I mean, you, you think of some players that have done some detrimental things to their career. I think of Eugene Robinson getting suspended right before the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Which was totally out of character for him. Yeah, I mean, had played an entire career. And, and Baird Robbins, another one mm-hmm. prior pre-Super Bowl, uh, went on a binge, I guess, in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just things <laughs> go a little wild in, in Mexico. Um, and then you 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 talked about uh, Vontez Burford. You, you, you do have some players, but I, it didn't impact Vontez's career in the manner that Antonio Brown. This is not going to impact Draymond's career in the NBA 
he'll still be there, but yeah. it may impact his career in Golden State at some point. By the way, another guy who's got thrown out of multiple postseason games was Roger Clemens, who mm. was he would get on the mound and. He, I don't know if there were any was any roid rage there. Or not. Nah. The, the courts say no, nah. but he did he some a things. Bat at was it Mike Piazza? Mike Piazza, yeah. yeah he, and he put, he'd had to see me. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and he put war paint on his face in a game against Oakland when he was with, with Boston and got thrown out. Some guys just are hyper competitive, and it costs them. You know, somebody else who is self destructive, but sometimes it works out. And I immediately think of Dennis Rodman, just mm-hmm. of like how talented that he was. But man, we know that he liked he liked to party. I, I always think about that whole Vegas incident, too, where MJ had to go. What was it? Go knock on his door and yeah. get him, yeah. basically. I think that the, the interesting thing about that, when they did the, the last dance, yeah. that he, he brought him back to practice. And they were like, oh, it's going to take them some while, a, a while to get in shape. They did the run where you got to pl- last person got to catch the first person, and they, he wouldn't let anyone catch him. Yeah. <laughs> like he was, he was in such great shape that even if he took a, a week off to yeah. binge in Vegas <laughs> and hang out with Carmen Electra and whomever, he did, it didn't matter. He was, you know, I'm ready to go. You guys aren't even in the as great a shape as I am. So Draymond is the guy of the moment. Let's see what the Warriors can do without him tonight as they trail the Kings two games to none. Coming up. Our rush hour reset, a big Cardinal win, and now an interesting Cardinal trip coming up. And we're going to talk about it on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the Rush Hour Reset on the heels of the Cardinals salvaging the finale against Arizona yesterday, 14-5. It was a fun game. Cardinals led 3-0. It was tied 3-3. Then Jordan Walker with a bottom of the third inning tie-breaking hit. This one smoked to the center. That's down for a hit. O'Neal on his way to third will stop there. Contreras scores. And Walker with an RBI single. Walker with the RBI single to make it 4-3. The Cardinals had a couple of runners on. And Tommy Edmond. Six hits for the Cardinals. High fly ball hit toward left. Gurriel going back. At the track. At the wall. It's gone. A home run for Tommy Edmond. He had a huge day for the Redbirds, leading off three for five, five RBIs, three runs scored. He also walked and increased his um, base percentage to 366 on the season. And another very good day for Wilson Contreras. Two for three with a couple of runs scored and RBI. He walked a couple of times, and he seems to have the offense going. I mean, it's just, it's just part of the game. Uh, you don't know what best was going to bring it in, in New Year. Uh, things sometimes you gotta give time and take time, and it's just a matter of time. Uh, I don't have to. I don't. I didn't put pressure on myself because I was go. I wasn't going in the good. Uh, I just have to keep uh, making the the little adjustments. Uh, be aware of uh, the little details, and keep having the the right mindset day in and day out. And the Cardinals, as we predicted, over the course of the last three games, averaging eight runs per game. They'll do that for the rest of the season. I like it. A hundred percent. I, I believe I believe in them. Do you think that we're hopefully going to start trending in the right direction of this offense doing what we knew that they were built to do, which is 
be able to be so good. They're so talented where the starting pitching, even if they don't have a great game, like say yesterday with Jake Woodford, the offense can bail you out of these situations. We even saw it in the in the loss the other day with how close they were able to get mounting that comeback in the bottom of the ninth. I still think your starting pitching is going to have to, if you want to win a World Series, your starting pitching is going to have to be great. But I do think, overall, Jake Woodford is your number five guy. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you get out of your number five guy, and by the way, that's probably his, he might have one more as a number five guy. But if you get that out of your number five guy, you're good. Because I think you can reasonably expect the way Flaherty is going now, with the way Michaelis has been and you would expect him to be, and the way that Jordan Montgomery has been and I expect him to be, and then Mats and, and Woodford is my last two, I, I kind of like the chance that that rotation gives you to win every time out. I like the fact that they got moving on the bases yesterday. You got three stolen bases, Arenado and, and uh, Dylan Carlson, second and third. And then you got Jordan Walker still in the base also. You you got, and that stolen base by Arenado and Carlson led to a run being scored. When you put pressure on the defense because you're able to move and not be stagnant and you start putting bringing runners in in scoring position, you find ways to win games and good things happen as opposed to just going base to base or or not or grounding into double plays and not making uh, making the best of, of those opportunities when they're presented. Yeah, the Cardinals went 7 for 15 with runners in scoring position. That's a lot better than what you've seen here lately for him. And then also, too, I feel like we just need to give an appreciation shout-out to not only Wilson Contreras, but Tommy Edmond. I mean, he was a single away from hitting the cycle, mm-hmm. and I liked what he said afterwards, after the game, he was asked about it, and he said, I thought, oh, wait, I've already got a homer and a double. <laughs> the easiest one's left. I like yeah, that. If he gets a single, he he does it. So yeah, yeah, that would have been so cool. By the way, Adam Wainwright pitched yesterday. He uh, had fifty nine pitches, forty of strikes, three innings. He allowed four hits, two runs, both earned. He struck out three. So Adam is on his way. Probably one more rehab start for Adam Wainwright before he returns. And the Cardinals will be back in action tomorrow night. Day off today, trip to Seattle today. Don't drink 100 beers like Wade Boggs did. (laughs) And uh, it'll be Stephen Matz against George Kirby tomorrow night in the opener of the three-game series in Seattle. Uh, Michaelis against Luis Castillo. That'll be a great pitching pairing on Saturday night. And then Sunday, a 3-10 game, Jack Flaherty will pitch against, uh, I think it's Chris Flexen, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Chris Flexen of Seattle. And they're a really good team, so the Cardinals will have their hands full. You need to see more uh, innings pitched out of Mets, more, more uh, better, better, better six. outing. I need quality starts. Yeah, you need at least six. Uh, and and right now he's going to. Um, I, I want to see him have a, a good day in Seattle and see how well you know because it, it, it's still for me. I thought spring training was very, very went very, very well for him last year. I wasn't too thrilled with what I saw from him, but I thought okay, spring training went really well. He's going to be okay. And to start the season, it's kind of been we're still waiting on what I saw in spring training. So I, I want to see a good start from him uh, when he gets out there and, and see if he's able to eat up a little bit more innings than, than what he has so far this season. Well, coming back into the season, we just wanted to see what he looked like healthy, right? And it was yes. a very encouraging start in spring training, which I know I'm sure we'll have people text in saying, it's just spring training. You can't, you know, put a lot of weight into that. But you at least thought, okay, we're seeing a healthy Steven Matz. So we'll see what that, that looks like. And if he is completely healthy, then you would hope that he would be able to kind of be like the other starting pitchers where we've seen that they've at least progressed in the right direction. Um, But, I mean, for the bullpen's sake, 
I think starting pitching definitely needs to get deeper into games. Mm -hmm. One other note in our Rush Hour Reset, and that is that late last night, the Oakland A's announced that they're prepared to purchase land, 49 acres near the Las Vegas Strip, and the A's are on their way to Vegas. Oakland has lost the Raiders to Vegas. They've lost the Warriors to San Francisco. And now the A's are going to head to Vegas as well. How does Oakland feel? The, the fans, the, the populace, I'm sure, does not feel great. The mayor of Oakland announced immediately after the announcement by the A's that Oakland will no longer negotiate with the A's to try to keep them in Oakland. It's one thing if you lose a team like we did with the Rams and the owner wants to get out and you don't uh, have a chance. We, mm-hmm. we didn't have a chance. Oakland never put a proposal for a football stadium on the table for the Raiders. They never put a proposal for a basketball arena on the table for the Warriors, and they never put a real proposal on the table for the A's to stay in Oakland. This is all Oakland's fault. Now, I, I, I understand not wanting to spend public dollars on sports stadiums, but if you want to have sports teams, they aren't yeah. going to build the stadiums themselves in a place like that. Wow. I, I just think, you know, the fans, the city of Oakland is probably really disheartened right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, losing, as you said, three teams in five years is not cannot be a great feeling, especially when you had the Warriors at their peak playing the best basketball that they could play. You know, the Raiders leaving. They, they were Oakland. That, 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 that was. And it's the NFL. It's just a monster. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it doesn't feel, you know, it didn't feel. It, Los Angeles was okay when they became when they went to Los Angeles for that that quick time. Mm-hmm. They still felt like the Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders, it doesn't have that same feel to me as it did in Oakland. And you know, we talked about the athletics, how much history, rich history that organization has winning championships and now they're no longer going to be there. I do want to go see their stadium, though, because it looks really cool. But also in the aspect, I mean, we know, especially with this being a sports town, there's a whole ripple effect. So even if you're in that city and you don't necessarily care about sports, you appreciate the economic value that it can bring to the city and how much that helps. So you feel for them in that way, too. Yeah, it's really a shame that those... Those fans, and by the way, going from the East Bay to Santa Clara to watch the 49ers, that takes forever. Yeah. That's a really long trip. It's almost impossible to get tickets for the Warriors. Their tickets are like 2500 bucks a piece at the minimum. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy how much they, they cost. And then they can go across the Bay to see the Giants, but if you like the A's, apparently, in the Bay Area, you don't like the Giants yeah. at all. no. So it's, <laughs> it's really tough for, the, for those fans. That's our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN coming up. Talk some blues hockey with our buddy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. He is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Opening drive, 101 ESPN, and our Blues insider is Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic, who is magnificent at his craft and really does dig deep to try to get the best information and the best opinion to you. And he's got his Blues report card out at The Athletic, which is wonderful. JR, we were talking earlier in this very segment about how sometimes we disagreed with the teacher's analysis of our particular performance in school. And... It seems like there's a little disagreement with uh, your analysis of, of, of the way the Blues uh, should be graded this year. 
Yeah, I was telling Rock, uh, my te- my uh, wife is a teacher, and uh, let's just say you got 20 students. Well, there's a potential to hear from 20 sets of parents, right? Uh, <laughs> but in this situation with the Internet, <laughs> there's the potential to hear from uh, 20,000 people about the grade. So, uh, yeah, put them out today. Today's just the forwards. We'll get to the defense, the goalies, the coach, and the GM uh, tomorrow. But just the forwards today. And, hey, look, uh, I don't want to say struggled with it, but as I worked – on it yesterday uh there are some forwards uh, you look at jordan Cairo put up some good numbers did he play well defensively no but neither did the whole team but do you take away from a guy who put up 37 goals uh a total that we really haven't seen in these parts other than vladimir tarasenko in the, in the last 10 years or so so uh, maybe you look at that a little too uh advantageous for jordan Cairo, considering that uh, he and the team didn't play well defensively but you try to come up with a grade for each uh, player and that's what i tried to do there some people are happy with b minuses jr some people will take <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> who is what do you guys like b minuses carrie brooke were you a uh, good student oh, give me a b minus every day I was a good student. I was I was a very good student. That also had to partly do with my mom worked at the elementary school that I went to, so I had no other choice. But to be good at it. Yeah. Yes, or I would be in trouble. So I'm looking at your grades right now, and as you mentioned, you gave Jordan Cairo a B minus. It seems like, especially after you know they had that press conference, all the comments, and then you know saying that Jordan Cairo will kind of have some off-season work homework to do, I guess, if we're going to stay on the theme of teaching, some off-season homework of working on his leadership abilities. Do you? What do you think of the spotlight that's on Jordan Cairo right now for him to have a really big off-season? Yeah, Brooke, I almost want to write a, a follow-up story. Is Jordan Cairo unfairly, fairly the scapegoat uh, for what's going on right now? And, and I think there could be points to be made for both sides. I, I really do. I think when you look at uh, the offensive production at just 24 years old. We can't forget about that. Look what he's doing offensively. And also keep in mind that uh, a lot of players his age, his skill level, aren't great defensively. And it does take years and sometimes a couple coaches before it gets through to them. So we'll see uh, what happens and what develops with Jordan Cairo. Uh, but I think it's a situation where it could be a little bit unfair. But at the same time, I think it can go, can go both ways. He's got to have... He's, he's going to have a lot of impact on, on what happens with himself. And, and I think that's the key here is, hey, look, if you want to be a good player and you're tired of the criticism, uh, I think you have to be out there early. I think you got to be working on things on option days. I think you have to be you know, garnering the respect of your teammates where, and Jordan Cairo wasn't the only one, but where Justin Fox not taking the microphone and saying there was some unprofessionalism uh, with our team early on in the year. So I think those are areas where you just can't hear those types of things if you want to be that star player. So uh, the talent's there, everything's there, just needs to pull it together. With his grade B-, minus, maybe some people are hearing that for the first time. They haven't read the article. Uh, could you go C+, plus? I-, I guess you could if you take the defense into account, guys. But I just think that uh, that 37 goals, 73 points, led the team uh, I, I think that uh, B minus was fair to me. And Jr. Because of his, he was a minus thirty eight or minus thirty seven. Yeah, thirty eight second minus worst. 38. So not apples to apples, but in his age twenty four season, Brett Hall scored forty one goals. He was a minus seventeen. And after the season, Brian Sutter said, "Hey, you can be better. You need to move your feet more." In his age twenty four season, so it's it would be disingenuous for us to think that Jordan Cairo is a finished product. A hundred percent. And here's the thing that I think, uh, and I'm glad you brought that example up because I almost included it in my story a couple of days ago, uh, but I didn't. 
is that aren't we all, at least fans, uh, people who follow the Blues, don't you all want Jordan Cairo to be that type of player and be what Brett Hall became? Because he can be. And so, Randy, you could go back to that point in time when you heard about uh, Brian Sutter really giving it to Brett Hall about becoming a better player. Hey, look, he scored 42 goals. Why can't everybody you know, see that he's a good young player? Well, because you want to bring the defense out in him. You want to bring the all-around game out in him. And, and you can do that with Jordan Cairo at age 24. And not just Jordan Cairo. There's other players on this Blues team that need it too. Uh, but the criticism, the focus, the spotlight, it's not necessarily a bad thing. I want to go to you, and I'm going to stick on Jordan Cairo for another second, but you wrote, uh, Blues give Jordan Cairo a offseason mandate, commit to winning hockey. When you're a young player and you hear that from the organization, there's really two ways you can take it. You can be offended by it, or you can really you know, step up to the plate and become the player that everyone thinks you could be and should be. How do you think Jordan Cairo is going to be able to uh, handle this type of mandate going into next season? Yeah, Kerry. So, you know, I can't get into his head in terms of how he's going to interpret uh, what they told him in the exit meeting. But but here's the thing. You know, I, not all players, as you know, Kerry, come to the, uh, the media room and want to spill their guts. I get it. I, I don't hold it against any player who doesn't come out and speak honestly. But when you have a Jordan Cairo in the uh, room and you ask him, specifically evaluate your game, and his response is, well, we all had a bad year, and I think we all need to be better. And then Justin Falk comes in the room, and you say, Justin, you know, tell us about the season. Went what wrong in your eyes? And he said, I didn't pull my end. I need to play better. I need to work on X, Y, and Z to get better to help this team. You just see the contrast between what you're hearing from the two. And, again, you don't have to come out and tell us that stuff. But when you see a guy like Falk, who I think we all appreciate respect for his professionalism, come out and spell it out that way, and then you hear something that's kind of less uh, less substance with Jordan Cairo, it just makes you wonder, uh, is it getting through? And then you start to realize maybe this is why the coaching staff is having trouble getting through to him. Well, and that kind of leads into what I was going to ask. Another thing that Doug Armstrong said is that he's going to try to figure out what makes young players tick this offseason. And you had the obvious exits with some of the coaching staff, as you mentioned there. Do you think that they'll look at a coaching staff that kind of can help tap into these younger players a little bit better? And if so, yeah, who do you so. think? Yeah. yeah, I think that's going to be part of it. Uh, you know, names are tough just because, uh, especially the way that Doug Armstrong just uh, kind of talked about the uh, search process. They're going to look at everybody, experience, no experience, junior NHL, uh, no coaching experience, uh, whatever. So it's going to be tough to, to put a name on, on who they might be thinking about right Could now. Be but Jamie the Rivers, I, by the way. There you go. Let's go Riv. Let's go Riv. We lose them at 101, though, huh? Yeah, that's true. I didn't <laughs> think of that. Okay, no, it can't be Rivers. <laughs> it can't be Rivers. The, the one thing I'll say is this. Uh, you need a guy who can coach X's and O's for sure because this penalty kill defense, it has to be better, right? But you guys have talked about it in the last week or two uh, with Jim Montgomery, a guy who can relate to these young players and make them feel comfortable and make them want to get better. And, you know, Doug Armstrong did make the comment that when we go on this coaching search to find these these people for the staff, you know, we're going to have to find some people who can get through to this younger generation because that's been an issue uh, not only for Doug Armstrong, but maybe some of the older coaches on the staff. So definitely I think that's going to play into the search. JR, were you surprised by the firings right after the season and how quickly that took place of, of McTavish and, and Van Ryan? 
No, I don't think so. And honestly, I think that maybe something could have happened uh, during the season, if not for the utmost respect that Doug Armstrong has for both uh, gentlemen, uh, not only Mike Van Ryan, what he's done for the Blues winning a Stanley Cup and being on staff for a long time, uh, but also Craig McTavish. You pull out a guy who's uh, just won, uh, you know, with that Edmonton Oiler organization, and, and he comes in, and Doug Armstrong wanted him to kind of relay some of that winning tradition experience to some of these guys, and it just never got to a point where where uh, McTavish could use that experience. But, you know, at the end of the day, like we just talked about, can he relate? He's been out of the game for a long time. Uh, probably not. And then the, the defense and the penalty kill just need an overhaul, so not very surprising there, Kerry. Do you think that could be looked at as a scapegoat for, you know, the players not performing well and, and maybe blaming it on those guys as, as part of the main reason? It's a fair question, but I think that fans, everybody, media, they're going to look past those firings and it's not going to be enough. I think that uh, if the team still comes out and uh, doesn't perform well next season or there's just not enough shaking up with the the roster, uh, there's nobody that's going to say, well, you know, at least they got rid of the the two coaches. That was a start. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. This this team is is going to be under fire. It really is. And and I think that uh, Doug Armstrong isn't going to have a lot of flexibility this offseason. It's going to take some magic to flip some of these players if he's going to change the roster for the upcoming season. Uh, But regardless, I mean, next year, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Braden Chen, some of these guys aren't getting B-minuses if uh, this continues. I feel like this this year kind of snowballed, got away, part of its roster construction, part of its underperforming. uh, But uh, you don't get mulligans moving forward. Uh, with uh, what the Blues went through this season. Well, as we mentioned, you just put out grades for the players. Who do you think should get the C next season? Yeah, how about that curveball from Doug Armstrong? I really think that uh, if they're going to do one, it would be Braden Shen, or I've said in the past that you know maybe give it to Thomas now and just Shen leads without the letter. But uh, Doug Armstrong coming out, as you guys know, and saying that uh, maybe they don't go with the C. You know, maybe maybe he wants uh, a group of guys to come together with the A's and, and be the leaders, and, and maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. I don't. I don't think uh, either way you shake it. Uh, whether there's a C on somebody's chest or not that Braden Shen's going to be the leader of this team. He has been, even when Orion O'Reilly was the captain. Shen was right there, 1A, 1B with him, and I think that'll be continue to be the case, whatever decision Doug Armstrong makes. And Jr. going back to what you said about Armstrong making some magic, let us never forget that he did trade Yori Laterra for Braden Shen. Listen, that's the only trade where, what are we, five years now? I still can't believe it. I, st- I still can't believe it. I, when I saw that trade. <laughs> and now granted, now granted, there were a couple first-rounders in there, and they turned mm-hmm. into a couple players, uh, Farabee and Frost for the Philadelphia Flyers, who you know have been okay, not great. But to move that Yuri Laterra contract and bring in a guy like Braden Shen, uh, I mean, is it your number one Doug Armstrong trade? It has to be up I, It's got to be, yeah. I don't think there's – because of what Thompson has become – I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about it. So pretty good. Unbelievable. Yep. JR, thanks so much for the time. We always like talking to you. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you guys. See you. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Adam Wainwright talked to us about the effect that the World Baseball Classic might have had on baseball circa 2023. We'll hear from Waino and discuss his comments next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And 
I do think it's a thing, man. You know, I think it's a thing where it might take a little time to gel as, as a unit afterwards, come together as a unit, get used to playing every day with, with that group. And I, I think that's something to consider, not a total excuse, but something to consider. That's our friend Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Wayno yesterday here on the opening drive, talking about the effect of the World Baseball Classic, specifically on the Cardinals, because so many players participated in the Classic, including himself, Michaelis, and uh, Arnauto and Goldie with Team USA. You didn't have Gio, uh, uh, Giovanni Gallegos because he was with Mexico. You didn't have Tyler O'Neill because he was with Canada. You were, Edmund played with Korea. You were missing a lot of guys. And even though the Cardinals have been together, there is a gelling that does take place when you get together again for spring training. And I could definitely see that having an effect, guys, on the fundamentals of the team, too. Not having 17 guys in your organization available during spring training. Yeah, you, you miss out on time and, and, you know, just repping the drills and doing the simple things like a rundown or, or the, the, the four, six, three double play. Things mm-hmm. that, that you normally do uh, in, in spring training, you don't have all of those guys there. So there are some lapses that I'm sure are, are taking place, and I'm sure that you know a couple of the pitchers just getting familiar with Wilson Contreras. It, it, it takes time, but hopefully, you know, we're three weeks into the season now. We're, we're starting. Hopefully, we're starting to come into form. Three weeks today. Is it three weeks today? Yep. We've had you know played some really good teams so far. Uh, I think I, I heard the other day that the Cardinals have the fourth hardest schedule to start the season off in all of Major League Baseball. So, you know, that should give you some confidence that if they start playing these these teams that are not as good, they'll start picking up the wins and start winning series. Um, but let's start with winning the first game of a series. Let, let, let's start there. Have a Start the, the series off on the right foot, and, and hopefully uh, it can – you know, propel you to go in the right direction. Yeah, because we talked about that yesterday where I'm sure just from a mental standpoint, starting every single series where you're already behind, I'm sure that that affects the players in some way too. And then I'm sure you kind of get in your head too where you're like, okay, going into every series, we got to win this one. We got to break this weird trend that we have going on. And then you're overthinking it even more. It sounds silly, but you know, I mean, once you simplify the game, then things start to come a little bit more naturally. Don't you think that if the Cardinals can win an opening game of a series that it'll make a huge difference? I think it I think it would. I think I, just I think from a mental too. standpoint, yeah. just getting over that hurdle. Yeah. There there's nothing worse than that. I can I'll never forget like on TV, one of the worst things was like not getting off to a great start to your show and then I would think about it too much to the point where I would mess it up and then it was like I was in my head where I was just like, "Okay, this time I got to get my yeah. intro perfect. And then I would always mess it up because I was overthinking it. And then you just get to the point of like, okay, well, I just got to, we got to get over this. And then when you finally get that one, then everything is smooth sailing because you're just not in your head as much about it. See, this is, goes back to the 100% thing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh every, somehow everything <laughs> always goes back to that. But yep. also I was looking at the World Baseball Classic. Did the Cardinals and Astros, correct me if I'm wrong, they had the most playing right. in the World Baseball mm-hmm. Classic. So I think that is interesting, especially when you have a lot of new faces and young up-and-coming faces, too, Mm -hmm. for the Cardinals. Everybody just getting, I think, acquainted with each other and just figuring out that rhythm. I think uh, one thing that Wayno said that I, I want to keep an eye on is he, they don't want to get too far behind the Brewers, right? They want to make sure that they're mm-hmm. still in, in, in good distance, that they can catch up and, and pass them up. And if you 
continue to lose first games of series or lose the series, you know, two to three or or three out of four, you're going to get further behind where it makes it a tough, tough road to just try to chase a team down later on in the season. So right now they're six games back. You want to start stacking those wins three out of four, you know, seven out of ten games where that the, you're, you're catching up and, and closing that space and hopefully catching up and passing them. And I do think that the Cardinals – Number one, I've always thought that they would be better in the warm weather. But I buy into what Wayno said because, especially from a pitching perspective, they're trying to get to know the new catcher, right? He's playing mm-hmm. all the time. And he it's hard to get on the same page with a new catcher and a new pitcher ordinarily. And add to that that they're also dealing with a new pitching coach, a new philosophy other than, than Mike Maddox. I think there's a lot of things that go into this from a chemistry standpoint that we don't look at all the time that are probably happening that will smooth out over the course of time. That's the way I'm looking at it is that I, I think the, the physical talent will rise to its level once the mental aspect of things is cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think it's just making sure you you do you're doing the things cutting down on the errors you know not having any run uh, mishaps or or you know just just not taking care of what you need to take care of on the base paths I like the fact I said earlier that they were actually stealing bases. Like I think that that's what this team needs to get moving and and keep runners in scoring position. And then again, the timely hits. Brooke, you said it. Seven for tip, seven for fifteen yesterday uh, with runners in scoring position is extremely important for this team because when you're scoring, you're taking some of that pressure off of your pitching staff and you're not forcing those guys to be perfect and have e- perfect innings every time they go out there. Well, and Wayno even said that he wouldn't be surprised if with things just kind of clicking if they go on a nice run mm-hmm. here soon and how much that changes the narrative of right. things as well too. Mm-hmm. Instead we'll be talking about wow, I mean what was that at the early in the season but now things are rolling. This is the team that we knew that they could be. That's Brooke, that's Carrie, I'm Randy and coming up on 101 ESPN as we head down the stretch, we will hear rock and roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Rock and roll. We're going to get to rock and roll, and Matthew sings in a moment. But Brooke, I want yes, you to read what you just read please, us. Please start off. Okay. With uh, let me pull it back up again, real quick. Hold on. I got okay. you guys. One second. Okay. Do, do, this is great do, stuff. Do, this do, is... Oh, here we go. All right. So a reporter just tweeted out the House just perfected a bill that would allow professional bare knuckle fighting in Missouri. The legislation needs one final vote from representatives before moving over to the Senate. Okay. So. <laughs> The shows here at 101 ESPN. We've got the opening drive. We've got the balloon party. We've got BKM Ferrario, and then we've got the fast lane. I would say that we have a distinct advantage with you, CD, because you seem so well, enthused about this. I, I do, but I would like a tag team type of deal. You know, like M- like WWE, uh-huh, yeah. Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis, oh, tag team versus the world. Let, let, yeah. Oh yeah, versus all that'd be fun. That'd be I great. don't even know if I would want to watch. Bare knuckle, bare knuckle fighting. fighting. That's what it's all about. We're, we're kind of going backwards can, here. Can yeah, the focus are. be on just, let's focus on sports betting and getting all yeah. that stuff. It, it seems out. like that, you need to have sports betting if you're going to have bare knuckle yes. fighting. If you're going to bare knuckle fight, you should have sports betting. Yeah. We're this close to getting to bet on elections. We're so going to, we're going, oh my God, we're going to have an arena like Roman times and, and just, we're going to, we're just going to duel it out. Fabulous. Yeah.
going to be fair. Are you not entertained? Yeah. Hey, Is this not why else. you were here? Oh my God! I'm yeah. looking at photos of bare knuckle fighting now, and this is brutal. Yeah. Oh, bare knuckle oh my is rough. God! Is Who ridiculous. does this? Uh, in bare knuckle fighting, one of the strategies to do is you throw your forehead at the guy's fingers because you can crack somebody's knuckles on your forehead. <laughs> so what do we have that's not as enthralling, Matthew? Well, I actually—it's funny. I have, I have a non-sports thing that just came across um, Twitter about an hour ago. I had to ask you guys about this. So SpaceX is is testing a new rocket Saint today. Louis is own. Spa- yes, SpaceX is is exactly. testing a new rocket day. Here was the tweet they sent out after the uh, test had an issue. As if the flight test was not exciting enough, Starship experienced a rapid, unscheduled disassembly before stage separation. It blew up. I don't think <laughs> do we, do we, do we like do we you like the usage? Of this again? I don't the think that that's right. The rapid, unscheduled disassembly. It blew up. <laughs> mm. I think that's magnificent. I love this. This is great. Rapid, carry, unscheduled well, disassembly. There's a Baltimore Ravens special team that carry rapidly, <laughs> disassembled, well, uh, rapidly unscheduled, un- disassembled. Un- unfortunately for that guy. Well, you figured so, it out. Yeah, are we, are we good with this explanation? For when something that clearly just blows I, up. I love it. I don't think that that's how. Rapid, unscheduled you, disassembly. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that's right. I don't think that it was created <laughs> to do that. And I don't think, I don't that, think that, that. Yeah, I don't I'm know. watching the video right now, and it's amazing. Did it really blow? Nobody was in it, what, right? What no, no. It? SpaceX and, 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 and them are all about the, the say, unmanned say it again. flights and stuff like that. Un, un, it, rapid, uh, a unscheduled. rapid, unscheduled disassembly. Rapid, unscheduled disassembly. I'm watching hmm. this, and it's not fast enough. I don't think it's rapid enough. <laughs> oh, it, it, I'm sure if you are planning for it not to happen at all, it, it, the fact oh. that it did happen was. Uh, Rapid unscheduled disassembly. Yes, I, I can. Uh, I'm going to use that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Well, you know, our running game wasn't working, and we just had a rapid unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> that actually <laughs> wouldn't be great, Coach Speak. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you're so impatient. I just wanted to see if you say if you say the word rapid. Then it should be happening rapidly. I'm really glad. Hey, really you know what? If the, if the starting challenger. yeah, if if starting pitch, you could use that if they if they get off to another kind of rough start. Rapid unscheduled disassembly. Madison Bumgarner could use that one, right? Good. <laughs> That's what that was yesterday. Jordan, Jordan Hicks start to his 2023 season. Oh come on! Now. Oh, nice. he's good I'm now. Sorry. Okay. I said start to the season. He's All fixed. right. Yeah, he's fixed. He's, yeah, he's fixed. Totally what fixed. else do you want? Well, it's uh, Cardinals tomorrow are tie are are leading five to four. Do you put Jordan Hicks in the game? No, <laughs> probably not. Just saying. When 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 did they use him for last night, Rock? What was the what was the score then? Uh, what, what was it? Well, I think it was was fourteen it, to four. Was it fourteen to four when they put him in? I was gonna say was it was a ten to was ten to four when they gonna, put him in. Jordan Hicks is gonna surprise us all. Fair enough. You Good. know what? Speaking of surprise, we got a little surprise last night <laughs> in the just, NBA I, I game. He just skipped just, right past. Just right. Both of them. He, just, yeah, good, huh? Rocky he was like, anyways. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Cool. We got a little surprise last night in that Warriors-Grizzlies game, mainly because a little... Lakers-Grizzlies. Lakers? I said Warriors-Grizzlies, didn't I? Sorry. Lakers-Grizzlies, little because little-known forward Xavier Tillman had a huge game for the Grizzlies. He was actually asked last night about how they slowed down street clothes. thought this was a good answer. Physicality, not giving him any easy ones. Um, in that first game, he had a, a lot of drop-offs, a lot of fast-break dunks to where we're just like, okay, <laughs> you can't stop him once he's you know two feet in the paint and he's got the ball. So, you know, just keeping him out the paint and, and, and being physical with it. So if he makes a shot, it's just a tougher shot. Um, that's what we really, really try to hone in on, and especially not following him because he's a great free throw shooter. So locking in on those things for sure really, really helped us do that. 
Physical defense on street clothes sounds like a good equation to use. And being willing to do it, playing good fundamental basketball, right? Yes. I mean, if you are going to – if you're going to ruffle or, or bump and, and rumble with a guy that is nicknamed street clothes, I, I would assume <laughs> that that's going to throw him off his game because any form of physicality or violence – he may, you know, shrink. He's 6'10", 6'11", but I'm sure after you bump him a little bit, he's like a 6'2 guy. There you go. Yeah, that's so, right. And also, I, I, I wanted to throw out some credit to 101 ESPN's own Bradford Bruns, who was actually uh, in the media room at the uh, Lakers and Grizzlies game yesterday in Memphis. Oh, did he pulled, ask any questions? He pulled us. He, he, he was the one sending us some of this uh, this post-game audio, so nice. I want to throw it out for wow. 101 ESPN in the building for an NBA playoff yes. game. Thank you very much. Speaking of uh, some of that audio, I wanted to play this. Dylan Brooks talking about his thoughts on LeBron James and what he likes to do to Bears. I don't care. He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. Care, I know 40 you is a wild number, bears. though. That is a wild yeah, number. I mean, you can get 39 multiple times and you still don't have respect for him. I mean, I lowered the number just a little bit. But I do like the fact that he said, I poke bears. Like, <laughs> I am I am an instigator. I know my role. I know I'm not going to go out and give anyone 40. But I can give you enough to, to get inside the head of of the star player of the of the opposing team and give us the uh, the opportunity to win the game. If you can't give forty, aren't you? Isn't it a little unfair that you that to get your respect, somebody has to score for I would agree. Yeah. Is yeah, it respect a two way street? I think forty is a wild number, though. That's mm-hmm. almost that's ten points away from fifty. Also, if you can't give me fifty, <laughs> huh? Also, if a guy has, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but just based off when Dylan Brooks got in the league, if a guy has nineteen thousand points already when you come into the league, yeah, maybe. I, I, but I do like the fact that he said he's old. Like and 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 in fairness, LeBron has looked a little fatigued, a little older. He's looking how CP3 looked to me in last year's playoffs. He mm-hmm. could give you one good game, but that second or third game, he was just out of gas. And and so, you know, LeBron played well. He scored 28 last night. We'll see what he looks like in game three and four if he actually has enough juice. Because if Anthony Davis is not going to bring it, because you're you're elbowing him. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers couldn't, shouldn't have lost that game last night. Speaking of teams that shouldn't lose a game, that can't lose a game, it is game three tonight in the Warriors and the Kings series. No Draymond Green, Kerry Davis. You Warriors desperately need to pull one back here. Are you feeling Warriors it still without six. Draymond? Warriors in six. Yeah. So they get to win the night without Draymond then, obviously. Definitely. How's that going to happen? Can I just, uh, I, I just got Jonathan Kaminga is going to be able to be more. He's going to be more athletic on the court. He's going to be able to rebound. They have to rebound. They have to force tough, tougher shots because they're getting the Kings. Sacramento, to their credit, have been playing lights out. I think a lot of people are are not giving them enough credit and thinking that it's just the Warriors, you know, not performing, not hitting the shots. Sacramento is balling. So the Warriors have to limit turnovers 
and close out and play better defense and grab the rebound and get going. Yep. They have to, and they have to score on the opposite end and, and not allow uh, the Kings to get going in transition. We'll talk about this tomorrow, but the Athletic has interviewed anonymous NBA players. And one of the questions is, who's the greatest player of all time? This is young people that are playing against LeBron. And 58.3% said Michael, 33% said LeBron, 6.8% said Kobe, and then Bill Russell and Tracy McGrady got votes as well for the greatest player of all time in the NBA. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. During the course of our show, we have a, a lot coming your way. Let me. Uh, <laughs> I like that. The team that got a vote. Mm-hmm. I love that. You don't like that? You're not, you're not a fan of that, Carrie? Uh, all right, we'll talk. All right. You, hold it, hold this it. younger generation is, uh, you know. Kobe said he was the hardest guy to guard. And you don't think Kobe is top ten? So what are we? Do, why do you even mention Kobe's <laughs> That's name? Wild. That's uh, wilder than uh, what Kobe said. <laughs> great, great job by our producer engineer Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. Pleasure, uh, Brooke. This was fun. Yes, it was. We, shall we do it again tomorrow? I think so. We shall and the next day. And no, no rapid disassembling. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no rapid. rapid Unscheduled. 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 <laughs> That's happened to shows before. <laughs> Here at 101 ESPN. Uh, CD. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.